this show is truly very cheesy and very cliched, but it does, I don't care. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> The music, the visuals, and then of course the story writing was just so fucking good. It's like, yeah. wow, this is really satisfying. Something I look forward to. Like, don't make me have to start thinking about should I feel bad for Crease or not. Like, don't don't make me do that. And she decks him. <laughs> she goes, I don't give a shit what you like. You're a sociopath. And I'm going to take you down if it's the last thing I do. And storms out. I was just like, whoa. Damn. That just happened. You betrayed my sensei. You're going to fucking die. Like, give me your arm. Fuck it off. Like, you've offended fucker. my like, family. And you've offended a Shaolin temple. That's right. Greetings, Long Walkers. Dave here to intro episode 88 of Long Walk Short Drink. 88, as in 1988, the year that Bloodsport came out, the Jean-Claude Van Damme came fucking spin helicopter jump kicking his way into all of our hearts as Frank Dukes. And we the year that gave us Die Hard, Tequila Sunrise, the film, not the song, uh, Married to the Mob. Dangerous Liaisons. Michelle Pfeiffer had three fucking masterpieces come out this year. Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ came out. What else do you want? I don't really know what was happening with music that year, but I can tell you on television, my favorite midnight matinee show of all time, other than The Mind of Phillips, starring our own Palmer, um, was Frankendrack, which was on WOIO Channel 19 in Northeast Ohio in 1988. And it was a Frankenstein monster uh, and Dracula kind of comedy duo. And they showed the old uh, Universal films. That's where I first saw, you know, and they showed them in order. So like Frankenstein through Ghost of Frankenstein. Then they started The Wolfman through House of Dracula. Oh, it's glorious. In 1988, I started making my first films. I mean, of course, they were on home video. But I, I just so happened to have seen like the Frankenstein films, the first two, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein on home video. Uh, prior to Frankendrack starting. So I made two versions. Made my parents film me as me and Moto, who you hear, my younger brother here, hear his voice later in the show. We filmed two versions of Frankenstein. I did, we did one. I wasn't nuts about it. We did it again. Uh, I don't know, maybe a couple months later. Then the same for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, I filmed it once and then again a couple months later. Um, and I think by, I think by the summer... It moved on to summer, which would have been like 1989. So we'll save that. But <laughs> anyway, but so much that I love Frank and Drac that in the second version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, we actually did a Frank and Drac kind of commercial break interludes. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Another Fox television show, Werewolf, <laughs> which actually, uh, oddly enough, comes up in this episode, but none of the rest of what I just mentioned does. We're going to be talking Cobra Kai 3 today. Um, like a lot about it. And I get all kinds of fired up <laughs> talking about this show. 
uh, in this season in particular. So we, as I may have mentioned, I'm not sure we are joined by my brother Moto, who is a Cobra Kai super fan. And um, we, we start the show by getting into just a little bit of catch up and, and uh, with, with Moto, who we haven't talked to for a little while, as well as talking about some um, pinball deal that Palmer might be making. And he, uh, he mentions like his dream for a uh, pinball parlor slash sandwich shop, which you'll hear about briefly. <laughs> um, but if you're just here for the Cobra Kai, uh, I understand what you'll want to do is just skip ahead uh, about 26 minutes into the conversation after I uh, finish this intro, which I'll endeavor to make very brief. Spoilers, we absolutely loved the season. Sure, I may have a critical comment here or there, but nothing's perfect, except maybe Kumiko. Speaking of Karate Kid characters, we do spoil everything about what happens in season three. So if you haven't already or think you might want to, watch it on Netflix before listening. Uh, we do also have robust episodes dedicated to seasons one and two of the show. Uh, so Long Walk Short Drink episode 52, we actually discuss both the Karate Kid films and the first season of Cobra Kai. And in episode 70, uh, we talk all about uh, season two. So it's pretty much this. I think Twinkie joins us on the, that first one as well. So, there you go. Um, just before we jump into the show, a couple quick reminders. My 17th annual mix album, Conscience Calls, is available on- online to stream. Um, it's, I did a Spotify link this year, or Spotify playlist this year, which, which I would recommend if, if you use that as a premium user. I, I'm not subscribed to any streaming services because I'm, I don't know, a little Johnny Lawrence in that way. But um, what I have noticed in other people sharing theirs is if you listen on a web browser you get the right order. And the order is pretty important to me, though it may not be to you. Um, However, if you are not a premium user and you click this Spotify link that is on davidallman.net slash 2020 mix, it's going to get jumbled and it's going to kill me to know that's happening. So if you're not a Spotify premium user, please just listen on uh, Mixcloud or the the link uh, at davidallman.net slash 2020 mix. This is, though it's my 17th annual mix album this is actually one of my favorites even though it chronicles a pretty turbulent time it's interesting that kind of the coronavirus has sort of forced a worldwide shared experience and there's a chronology in the songs that i think will resonate with you even when the music itself might not it's certainly the most diverse collection of songs i've ever assembled and it's the only time i can recall that all of the entries had actually been released in the calendar year represented so just to kind of recap or, or introduce this to you if you're if you're new um Every year since 2004, I've been kind of creating like this. Um, it's a mix album, but it's really like kind of personal and idiosyncratic. And then I write up, you know, it's a little bit of a, it's a very oddly um, intimate and personal practice that I've come to share with people. Whatever. So you can read, um, if you're curious about that tradition, you can read and link to all 17 years of music at uh, davidallman.net slash mix albums. But this year, so now what I didn't have last episode that I do now is the liner notes. And yeah, sure, they're forty three hundred words, but and you don't have, they're not required reading. You don't have to read them all. They're, I do it by by songs. So, so so if you really just need clarity on why there's a new kids on the block quarantine song, you can go there and and, and see me sort of justify it. I, I don't need to justify myself, do you? What am I saying? It's <laughs> I hope you find something or are reminded of something there that adds something positive to your life. So. And then one last thing is that you can uh, still watch the uh, late 90s adaptation of The Crow that I made uh, with, with our buddy Jackson um, on the Lunch Meat VHS YouTube channel. It has not been taken down by the powers that be or whatever, so uh, watch it while you can. 
here's just a you know it's a it's a treacherous thing to read comments on on the internet but uh the feedback here has been uh quite good so for instance anna stan says oh lordy this is so beautiful such a majestic tribute to both the graphic novel and the subsequent movie just all caps gorgeous a little qualification from chaos magician cody for a 1998 fan film holy cow was that amazing from masterclass tv this is easily one of the best fan films ever produced and i've seen many my own affinity for vhs notwithstanding the videography is fantastic tight editing solid performances and so much love and respect for the source material really should this ever find its way to vhs once again i'm totally getting a copy fantastic work Well, stay tuned, Masterclass TV, that is in the works. Supposedly the documentary will come out this winter from Lunchmeat VHS on cassette tape, a very limited run, and it might be the adaptation tagged on at the end if we can figure out a way to fly under the radar with that. (laughs) All right, so that's all for now for my shameless self-promoting. Let's get to the conversation we had with Moto, Palmer, and myself about Cobra Kai Season 3. I might be doing a pinball deal. That's, I was talking really? to a guy. I was actually worried I was going to be late because uh, uh, I was talking to this guy. But it seems like we're doing a pretty good deal, and uh, so that is pretty awesome. What 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 kind of a deal? <laughs> uh, I'm trading. Uh, I'm trade. I don't know. So I traded Star Wars for uh, an attack from Mars that matched. So I traded Jurassic Park. Oh man, this. Talk about long walk for a short drink. <laughs> in the right place. So, yeah. So, you know, all right, you know Monster Bash? Yeah. How it has the, like, extra big screen, and it's got the topper and, like, the really awesome lighting effects and all that stuff. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. So, they did that same treatment to two other machines from the 90s. To oh. Medieval Madness and Attack from Mars. Both of those, like, all three of those for, for the longest time were, like, the top three, considered the top three pinball machines. Mm-hmm. They were and they're owned, the rights to them are owned by the same company. And this company, when Pitball started being hot again, decided to reissue these games with modern electronics inside of them and update all that stuff, bigger screen, better speakers, toppers, all that stuff. And uh, so the Medieval Madness got the same treatment that Monster Bash got, and I really wanted that, so I traded Jurassic Park for one of those. And then when I... I did that. The guy had, I had already owned this attack from Mars limited edition once already, <laughs> but the guy who he sold it to, cause he's a distributor. The guy he sold it to like fully decked it out with all these mods and he had both of them. And I was like, Oh, I'll trade you my star Wars for that attack from Mars. And so he did that. I got those machines and, uh, I, so I have all three of these machines that kind of ha- gotten the same modernization and they're all lined up and they look really awesome all lined up. But the one I just don't play very much. So that and that's that attack from Mars. So uh, there's a guy in Indianapolis who has he's going to trade. I'm going to put a little cash with it, uh, but I'm going to get uh, his Twilight Zone, which is. 
Um, there's a particular pinball designer, and that's considered like his masterpiece uh, in the early 90s. He made the like hottest selling pinball machine ever. It sold like 18,000 units. So Williams was like, you can do anything you want for your next game, you and your team. And so he did Twilight Zone. And like they spent two years developing it and like threw everything they could think of in it. And oh, wow. uh, there's actually like a miniature play field with no flippers. There's just magnets and the magnets act like flippers. So it just looks like the balls are like flipping on, like on their own, but there's actually magnets underneath doing it. Like wow. it's crazy. All the stuff that it has. Hmm. So he's going to trade twilight zone. And then this other one called champion pub, which is like a boxing themed pinball machine. Huh? And this one, listen, listen to some of the shit this has on it. It's got this thing where a wire that rotates around like a jump rope. And the ball actually hops. You have to jump over that thing as many times as you can. Oh, cool! And then in the upper, in the other upper corner, there's a speed bag and two little fists. <laughs> and when you get the ball up there, you have to bounce the ball into the speed bag. And then when you start a fight, the heavy bag in the middle of the playfield spins around, and there's actually a guy with arms. And you have a power meter. You have to hit him so many times before he swings his fists so many times and knocks you out uh so it's actually like you're in a boxing match it's pretty awesome so mama said no. he's gonna out. <laughs> yeah exactly so he's gonna trade those two machines for my attack from mars and a little bit of cash and uh i've been wanting to get a that, that designer of twilight zone his name's pat lawler i've been wanting to get one of his games i had one a while ago and i wasn't as good of a player so i didn't appreciate it as much because uh, it was brutal um, so I've been wanting to bring one of his games back into my collection for a while. So it's, and I'm glad that it's going to be twilight zone. So in champion pub, my dream is to own a pinball parlor sandwich shop and like feed people and just talk and play pinball all day in between like making them sandwiches. And, uh, I want to name it knuckle sandwich and, oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> so, uh, knuckle sandwich, pinball, knuckle sandwich and pinball parlor is what I want to call it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, have champion pub as like the, like centerpiece of that collection because it's a boxing game, you know? So, wow. It's a great yeah. vision. Wait, so there are so many games in there, uh, or, 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 or boards or what's the machines, pinball machines that you yeah. mentioned. Remind me again, which one you're going to get. <laughs> I'm going to get twilight zone and champion pub. Both. Uh, oh wow that's yeah, great so, and then i'm getting rid of attack from mars okay so this okay. guy really wants an attack from mars and like this this one i'm trading is like it's decked out it's got like tons of mods on it and looks beautiful it's it looks like a piece of art i mean you know what monster bash looks like yeah. so imagine that but it's martian themed so there's like a giant like ufo in the center and a bunch of smaller ufos around it and then all these like jiggly armed martians around the play field that like <laughs> hop up and down during certain points of the game so uh it's it's really an awesome it is an awesome game it's just those three games have very similar play fields uh so their play style is very similar um and i i personally feel like the other two medieval madness and monster bash have better toys like all, that's all those mechanical things that are on the play field that they call them toys mm -hmm. the toys are better on those two titles so i just don't feel myself playing attack from mars as much as i should yeah. it's too beautiful of a machine not to be appreciated and played and you appreciate them by playing them mm -hmm. i don't believe in buying pinball machines just to sit and like 
be an art piece. They're intended to be played, you know, just like I don't get guys that spend a bunch of money on cars and never drive them. They're cars <laughs> yeah. that drive them, <laughs> you know? Well, that's, like, that's what I might thought. Maybe do they work better if you use them more often sort of thing? Um, it's, it's possible, but the more you use them, the more maintenance you're going to have to do. So, so it's, it's like, it's, double you know, sword. yeah. So same with a car, you know, and, but a car does like the, my dad used to always say like the worst thing you can do to a car is let it sit. Yep. So, um, run. yep. So, and I, I do think, believe there's some of that. I mean, the, in the electronics and everything, you can get corrosion, you can get, and if you're regularly playing it, you're going to be regularly maintaining it in some fashion which hopefully you're going to stay on top of those things that could creep up and really damage a game. Um, the one nice thing I can say with the modern games, like the games that have been coming out within the last five years is like, you know, and, 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 and like these two that I'm going to be getting, there's probably eight circuit boards in the back, in the back box, you know, plus any there's circuit boards underneath the play field as well, plus all the mechanical stuff. And these new modern machines, it's like those eight, circuit boards that are in that back box they've shrunk those all down to one it's like one it, this one board does the work of all those boards uh, before because it's just new electronics that are like microscopic and like machines can weld that teeny tiny piece onto that circuit board and shrink it all down so, so in theory it's more solid because there's less yeah yeah and uh, if you, so like the, this is also a double-edged sword. The nice thing about those old boards is I could work on them if I needed to, like you can buy components mm -hmm. and desolder them and pull the bad components out and put new ones in. If you're skilled enough to do that, that is not something that I recommend just anybody trying to do. I don't even like to do it if I can absolutely avoid it. Uh, but there's some people that are really comfortable for that. So they don't like the new machines because you can't do that with the new machines. You have to have really special equipment that's really, really expensive to be able to like take those components. I mean, and on top of having like microscopes and tweezers, like these little yeah. microscopic tweezers to like take those components off because they are that small. It's like it's surface mount soldering. It's the the circuit board is actually like eight or ten layers thick. And each one of those layers has different like circuits running through it. That's like they wow. take all those boards and stack them together. And then those components are just soldered right onto the surface. So like a fuse that's in my my night games from the 90s, that's like looks like a normal car fuse, like the glass tube with the two mm -hmm. silver ends. Yep. That that's in there. On these modern machines, this fuse is like I, I can't even put my fingers close and they touch before I would get how actually small that same fuse is that's on those yeah. boards. Okay. So uh, there's a couple of get it in and out. <laughs> yeah, ex no, exactly. <laughs> got to and grip it really like really strong and like get it hot. It's got to get really hot too, but not too hot because of friction and like. I'm sitting at this old desk at this computer and it's, it's carved out the eighties television style werewolf. Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> like, I, I moved the keyboard just a little bit. This werewolf. Oh, Dave's been back here. There's, Dave carved werewolf stuff. Marks. Yep. He used to find slash marks on the trees where he cut, like where like an animal would go through, and there'd be you know cure or caro syrup for the blood. Yeah. And... You know what's super embarrassing about that is that I did that in like 1991 not the 80s <laughs> <laughs> you were practicing your effects you were like when i use this in a movie I that's a very generous way of putting it yeah <laughs> oh that's awesome that's badass about your pinball games palmer yeah. the uh basically yeah, the, the two that you want you're getting 
Yeah. Like the, the two and, highest on your, your latest uh, scale. <laughs> I This guy is really making a fantastic deal. And I've totally acknowledged that. I, I'm really bad at dealing because I'm too honest and too transparent. I've talked. Yeah. I've talked plenty of people out of deals because I've yeah. just been too honest, you know. And uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. So I was totally upfront. I'm like, dude, you are making me a fantastic deal. He's like, I'm not saying you're getting, per you know, he's even acknowledged I'm not getting perfect machines. There's going to be some tinkering that's going to need done on them. But like in the end, like I'm, I, it is a, it is a great deal, but he's getting a beautiful machine too. So, yeah. and he'll play it, which is what I really appreciate. So yeah. um, it just, you got to be really, it's like any other community. If you're doing any kind of bartering or selling like that, where you have to like, you can't just jump into a transaction with every person that's willing. You have to really wait until you find somebody that's going to be willing to like, make sure you're happy and you want to make sure they're happy when now it's all said and done. And I've you, you know, these type yeah. of experiences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I have, I, that's another way where deals have fallen through where I'm just like, you know what? I really don't like, I, I'm not feeling comfortable right now, so I'm not going to do it. So it's unique in the pinball world though like you would have to how else are you gonna find these machines or how else are you gonna they're so they're oh yeah rare. yep yep the the only way you can get them is i mean there are people who are like yeah i had it like that just happened across machines at the late 90s or early 2000s when pinball was collapsing and they were might have been friends with a distributor or some whatever random reason where they were like oh yeah they said 300 bucks i could have any of the ones i wanted and loaded up their basement with them and then literally they just that those people exist like there are i have heard of collections like that existing mm -hmm. and you can stumble across that but it is that's fewer and far between it really is like you have to really cycle into the community i feel like if you are going to come across them that's it that's perfectly accurate of course so um, and I always say like the, you know, that community will stay as pure as we keep it. That's what I always tell the people I make deals with. I think that turns some people off too. So, cause there is a certain level of like, I've had plenty of people who've acted like used car salesmen when you're trying to work deals, you mm -hmm. know? And it's just like, at that point, you're just trying to, it's just a margin game. Like they just want to make sure that they're going to make margin on it. So, or the potential to make margin. But very niche. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. Sorry, Irene, you don't have to put any of that pinball shit in there. No, I, I, I like uh, it. I love the uh, the knuckle sandwich um, angle yeah, on it. Huge. I, I yeah, it. I'm all about it. There's got to be people so, who, who I'm. I mean, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in your pinball progress, even if I can't always track it. <laughs> but, yeah. So, well, it. Uh, so I'm gonna be. I really. I was down one space. I can. I can fit six machines in my space. And I was down to five and then I was going to use that empty space to kind of be a workspace so I could, because I have a couple machines that I have a lot of work I want to do to them. I want to restore them. Basically you can play them now, but they, I want to restore them back to their like full potential. And I have all the stuff to do that, but not a lot of space to do it. So I was anxious to keep that spot open so I could put a little workbench in to really work on some stuff and, and, and do that, those projects. And this is going to put me back at capacity. Like I'll be back at six machines, but we have some, did I talk last episode about moving the, the, we want to move the TV and stuff upstairs. So it's not, Oh like no. Yeah. Like, so we're trying to move we're, we have this idea to make uh, our, 
the like the office that I'm sitting in now, our spare room, and put our spare bed in it and a dresser, and that's in our plants because our cats destroy our plants. Oh. And then just shut that door and never open it unless we have guests, right? Like get it, like of course clean it and dust it and all that stuff, but like keep the animals out, keep the like that's just a sp- literally just a spare room, and then move the TV and a couple chairs and a coffee table upstairs into the other where the old room i used to record in right like with the comic books and everything and that be kind of like a living room that's just decentralized it's not like we would have to be really intentional if we wanted to go like burn hours in front of the tv oh interesting and then like take this bookcase and the record player down back downstairs to the living room and just make that like a work room like that main room when you come in the front door just like be a you can read down there, like the couch will still be down there, so you could read, or I'm going to move my work desk, in, desk into there, I think, and like, like the dog cages and stuff will be in there. But that's pretty much all that's going to be in that room. Um, and then if I do that, where my work desk is now, I could put that work desk space and still have six machines. Like the workspace to like work on my pinball stuff. Yeah. So um, I think it... Uh, it'll be a nice switch and it'll be a good, it's a way that we're really trying to do this, uh, move away from consumption and, and lean into creation and, uh, and making stuff and getting projects done. So I think decentralizing that TV is going to be a big step for us to do that. Yeah. Just physically. Yeah. That's gonna be awesome. So you got a chillax work environment then to play right beside it. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I, I don't, I hardly play now just because I'm in that all day for work. I'm in that same room all day for work. And so I, it's not that I, I don't want to play pinball. I just want to get out of that room because that's where I've spent the last eight hours. So, uh, so it'll be nice to like get my work out of that room for sure. Well, the pinball machines, like they're they're in that space when you first come in, like right off the stairs. Will those go back and be right off the kitchen? Oh, no. Uh, No. So, yeah, that's where they are now. We flipped those two rooms. We turned that front room back into a living room. Oh, already? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's a living room now. Like, so the TV is right at the right along those stairs. Like as you would be coming down the stairs, it's on that wall. And then the couches along the wall when you first come in to your right. And then and all the pinball machines are lined up against the long wall of that back room. Ah, so when the pandemic is over and you can have visitors and such and pinball nights, you can basically like roll out the knuckle sandwich pinball parlor, you know, very practically at home. Oh, yeah. Right yeah, off the absolutely. kitchen, making sandwiches. Absolutely. And yeah. Telling stories. Absolutely. Yeah. You're gonna come out from Minnesota for the uh, the the ribbon cutting ceremony. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll make sandwiches for people and have my like Al's apron on and like oh my god have my like undershirt with like a pack of cigarettes rolled up in my it won't be cigarettes but like rolled up in my <laughs> yeah. in my sleeve you know probably candy cigarettes or something. Everyone leaves with a bonsai tree. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Shit. You got to get like a half door put in so it can be a little bit like it can serve over top of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that so all sounds sweet. wonderful, man. Well, how are you yeah. doing, Moto? Doing yeah. Good. Jesus, Moto. I haven't doing seen good. you in forever. Yeah, man. I've just been on this new job. December was really tough. Yeah. Uh, they call that peak season for the <laughs> shipping companies. 
But uh, now I'm finally back to five days a week. So I get two days off and uh, it's a lot more relaxing than normal. I'm just starting to catch up and sleeping and like long hours <laughs> for you, fun. You get up sleeping early. What time do you have to get up to do your shift? It's crazy early. Most of the time, two in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, peak, we were 11.45. I'd wake up for the next morning. Like 11.45 I mean, at get, night. You'd yeah. be getting to go oh jesus and hope they let you go by noon because they the, i became more back i don't know if i want to say where i work i have to be a lot no. more different about like work stuff now that i'm with a corporation yeah um uh, that's fair but uh i i i went through driving school there so i'm yeah i'm also an air driver so i uh so not only do I, am I just a loader guy, which I was went there to be like a warehouse job. Now I'm also an air driver, so I can be used in more places. So during peak gotcha. season, they're like, you, <laughs> we got you. And we got moto. We like, they signed me up. Like, hey, bitch. I was like Christmas Eve. I went to leave and literally just clocked out there. You just say goodbye to a couple people I'm like Merry Christmas. Merry and the manager's like, don't you leave. Like a, a WWE what? wrestler. And I was just like, what? I mean, you guys had so many hours to tell me that, you know, you might want to use me. And I knew things were going weird with, you know, the oncoming air. And I know how that goes. You shuttle it out. And, um, but I also knew that I could only work till 12 because I started at 12. So I'm, I'm technically part time. So, yeah. But uh, I really like it, you know, the exercise and stuff. And it's just simple move boxes around. I like just that simple environment and I bring a little speaker and uh, play Pandora and just sweat and then go home. I mean, so when it's the part-time hours, it's a cake job, but peak season was really tough, but yeah. good money. Yeah. Got to make money and I spent money, mostly UAD yeah. <laughs> Well, and our dog, but everything's going good. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, uh, awesome. Man. Yeah. I imagine so happy for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't even been there a year yet, but I, this, I remind, it reminds me, uh, you know, I applied in January of last year and it wasn't until April that I got hired. So, you know, I ended up working at a different place before um, working there and I'm so much more happier to be with this and, and with, you know, how crazy the year has been for everybody. Mine's just been like, go to sleep during the day, wake up at night, go to work and, yeah, uh, my life hasn't changed. You know, I guess I'm lucky for that, and things have actually gotten better with finances and stuff. So, oh, that's awesome. I, yeah, oddly enough, I've had a great year for how terrible <laughs> it's been. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited about moving forward and just kind of having something steady to keep planning on, and you know, know what to expect, well, that, sort of thing. That's fantastic. Ash and I were just talking recently uh, about how. It really like one of the suckiest realizations of adulthood is like I get money doesn't buy happiness, but it when they say it does make things easier, it really does. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's such a depressing realization to like to be so Yes. It takes away like I don't know what it is. Demystified. It's like it like it yeah, it like it demystifies something about life where you're just like, ugh. I got it. Like it really is a little bit easier to just have a little bit. Uh, yeah. So if you just get in, it's just finding that thing that works for you. And I don't know, a lot of people change careers and that sort of thing, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, 
Matthew McConaughey from Days Confused. Just, just living, man. L I V I N. Actually, I watched the behind the scenes on that and Dumb and Dumber, which was awesome. But uh, Matthew McConaughey's father had died during the filming of that. He was just a senior in college, and that was soon after the funeral. And he kind of they were letting him ad lib on the set. And uh, wow, he said that's something that, that inspired that. But yeah, it's still awesome. Like high school girls <laughs> stay the same age. <laughs> oh, Party man. at the Moon Tower. Party. At the, I mean, that character. Just, <laughs> they, they said they really didn't expect that character to be such a big role, but he just he talked about the walk that he brought, and he's like. It wasn't head first. It was, you know what? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That's exactly how he walks. So good. And oh, it was, man. I don't know who the director was in that movie, but hey, it was fun to watch because the only person I like that is Dave, like these like directors, you know, movie directors that think, and I mean, you, you and uh, Shamrock, you guys go down that writing avenue and, uh, can think those many steps ahead, but you know, maybe Larry, but I didn't know Larry that well. But uh, you know, guys with uh, big aspirations and their budget small and they bump into the right guy. I think it was Quentin. No, no, it was a different guy. Well, the director is Richard Linklater, if that helps. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, I forget the guy that gave him the opportunity, but uh, so, anyways, that was a fun side note. Basically, confused was one of the two movies that uh made me absolutely despise uh ben affleck for the longest oh time. yeah he, i still he played think... such a great asshole in both in both that and mall rats and those were the first two movies i really saw him in yes <laughs> and you know why it's because he is that person it's just like yeah. rob lowe rob lowe is that person that's why he plays a great bad guy he's just like a yeah. bad person but Moto has tried to roll in Cobra Kai like, like four times. Fuck Ben like, Affleck. Fuck Rob Lowe. Drops a Rob Lowe like fuck you, Rob Lowe. Oh, for real, I can't take it. If he's he's the one talking like the nineties decade stuff, I want to watch it. And it's like now it's his voice. I can't do it. Like, <laughs> Doesn't he play like the one of the the really sweet characters in the Stan miniseries? Or am I remembering that wrong? Yeah, Rob I can't Lowe. Stand no, no, when he, he plays him. somebody nice on television. Yeah, you're like, I just can't yeah. stand his face. I, just... I know just what he you mean about guy who is, Oh man, what's his name? Yeah, I can't remember. Nick Andrews. Oh yes, Andrew. he's the the shit. Nick Andrews is deaf mute. Deaf mute. Okay, right. Yeah, he's deaf and mute, and uh, friends with Tom Cullen, M O O N, a, yeah. Tom Cullen. <laughs> That's so uh, funny. I have my pe- people like that for sure, where I'm just like, "Fuck them," and they're like, "Why?" It's just like, "Just because." <laughs> I've got no good reason. I, I get a bad vibe. Somebody can't. Somebody just make I, me want to go into a rage. You know, and it's, like, and it's also you know like if you go on YouTube, you can find videos about Frank Dukes and how much of a liar and shitty of a person he is and you know steven seagal it's like you know so steven seagal i don't know i can see it a lot more i don't know frank dukes but i know blood sport and i love that movie and i don't <laughs> want that character ruined for me and that's why you don't meet your heroes and <laughs> you got it that's a that is a that's some advice to take to the grave don't well, i got that for heroes. a long walk short drink lots of listening oh now we're meta and we're meta there we go and you know that's the thing about this cobra kai series that's really good is they they take those characters that you love and uh, reintroduce them and they don't ruin them they don't ruin those characters they only expanded upon johnny and upon daniel 
So even even Crease though. Oh, I don't gosh, know that yeah, that's always good. Thing about season three, and <laughs> yeah. that was really the enjoyable. depth. Like, don't make me have to start thinking about should I feel bad for Crease or not. Like, don't don't make me do that. I don't want to <laughs> have that kind of like. I just let him be a two dimensional bad guy. You know. Yeah, and, but it's it's like uh, Dave knows what's that the referee's name? Oh, him. Pat Johnson. Yeah, the Pat Johnson. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of getting in Pat Johnson's head of what is Cobra Kai, and this you know kind of shows where his Cobra Kai came from. It's like understanding yeah. maybe Hannibal when you understand the from their side, and like you said, he's still yeah. the murderer. He's still the uh, the bad character, but you kind of understand where they came from now, and it just makes more yeah. depth to the character. Yeah, I thought that was cool. No, I I mean. I I am being a little facetious. All of that stuff was really enriching for the show. I I felt like, uh, I, and they are alluding to. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's a, there's a like, just, just like some foreshadowing they did in season one and season two for a surprise appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they set another surprise appearance up, maybe for for somebody from Karate Kid Three. Yeah. Yeah, I just watched uh, the three, and it was like, oh my gosh, that girl reminds me of Sam, uh, the daughter in yeah. the newest ones. Like, I can just see the direction that they're going. I, you know, it's Terry Silver, it's Mike Barnes. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. It's, they did such a great job of not saying any of those soldiers' names. Yeah. I think part yeah. of it was because they're Green Berets, so you're not supposed to know who they are, but they only say his name. Like, you, like because mm-hmm. we know he, we, we only know him. So he, oh, all sure. of them say crease over and over again, but oh, yeah. I kept waiting for them to hear, to say, for to say Silva or, or yeah. something like that. And like, you never heard that in any of those, but you know, one of those guys has to be him, right? Like he was financing Cobra Kai. I mean, that's what they talk about in Karate Kid 3. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, and he said, it's good. Like crease saved me. Right. So in the war, like we were friends yeah. in the war. So uh it, it, it it's a perfect setup and uh yeah the one guy i felt like the one guy i thought was him that's the guy that ended up one of the those yeah guys died. Ended up dying and i and i totally thought it what that was him leading up to it and then it ended up not being him so yeah i think i had the same thought uh well yeah, I, I have man. a proposal as to just and we can abandon this but just as a way to possibly move through it i got the wikipedia oh, no, page up that has you know, just like a couple sentences that that give the story beats for each show. Uh, I have, it's so funny. I have the exact same thing. Oh, maybe we could even, uh, yeah. Ping pong or something. But, um, so yeah, then, and if it falls apart, falls apart, but just as a way to, to move through it. Cause there's so many, uh, details. And we don't have to like give a rundown of each of the episodes. Not necessarily. uh, No, no. I, I have some notes by episode, but I can, so I thought maybe we could just do like a general impressions first and then, Maybe try the episode thing and see if that holds, or and then you know just oh, go sure. from there. Absolutely. You uh, want to kick us off for like general impressions? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So my my general uh, impression was I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't love it right away. Uh, like it it it's a it has a like a tone tonal imbalance for me at times uh where it's like it's not quite like always over the top this one thing and then sometimes it gets like scary violent and then sometimes it's just like a grounded drama and i 
what I really appreciate, I I so appreciate the way, the respect with which they treat all the, the the original characters, and the, even when I don't like, or even when something's not resonating for me about like what they seem to be trying to do with a storyline. For instance, like when the dealership was in trouble because of their reputation, or or even some yeah, stuff yeah. with the kids at times that may not quite work for me. When I realize when I see where they're going with it, when it when the thing kind of pays off and you're like, ah, that's why they did it. I'm like, I don't care so much that the path wasn't super satisfying at every moment because the payoffs are so good. So I think that's yeah. what I, I'll, I'll open with and, and, and that it got better as it went along to a really satisfying conclusion. Uh, they just fit so many different styles into one thing and they, they get the, the age bracket from, you know, could be 15 to 50. You know, they yep. really just gets because of the old school and new school and blending of the two. It's just smart writing. And I mean, I felt like they pulled from a lot of like some of just it, it's been a few weeks since I've seen it now. Um, part of the joy for me is just the fact that you guys watched it and hopefully enjoyed it. And uh, but um, I there was times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, is this Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Or, this is Bloodsport or this is from. Uh, into the dragon, you know, when he had the the glass at the end, and the way that it's just like they took so much of my yeah. childhood or whatever, and just blended in in a new way. It's so great. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I uh, would probably echo both of you on just about all of that general feeling. Uh, I felt like this the the second season was like this, where the first like four to five episodes are so soap opery mm -hmm. where there's just like that it's almost off putting for me in, in a sense. And, uh, but it's like, they get to that halfway mark and it's like, okay, we got you all of the exposition and the setup. And now it's just going to be balls to the wall. We're and then this one, like tease the big fight in the last episode. Cause like now they've established that last episode is the big fight, you know, and they just did a really good job of, toying with our expectations and and like they do a I feel like the fan service that this series does does not feel as heavy-handed as some other franchises do. So like even to the point now this season I feel like really embrace the service of the fans of Cobra Kai, not just Karate Kid, whereas yes. like that last episode you're like, okay, when's the fight going to start? Because like the <laughs> season two, it was the whole episode, right? It was like that whole thing was a fight. And then this one, it was like, when's it going to start? And they kind of like teased it a little bit and then it didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, boom, everybody's fighting. And it's like, comes out of nowhere. All and, out karate riot. <laughs> yeah. And then like 20 minutes of just like teenagers beating this. Like, like you said, over the top violence. That yeah. Just, like, that upset me. <laughs> a lot of it upset me throughout. Like, daredevil level violence if you watch the netflix daredevil show like i felt oh, like yeah. that that show was so gratuitously violent and juxtaposed from really intense scenes of drama and this does that same way man like whew, when that kid's arm actually you you don't think it's going to happen you know and then it actually happens like yeah. he actually breaks his arm and it's like, these are fucking kids. Yeah. Where's these fucking parents at? Like, like, <laughs> They're at the In country 20... club. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's, uh, 
uh, we can abandon this if this is no fun but let's no, no. let's let's start by the um maybe just seeing about the episode to episode so the the of course netflix dropped them all on january 1 my thought is to drop this episode on february 1 so everyone will oh, have had a chance to hopefully even like kind of going slow it a little bit like i did hopefully they've seen it all um because we're gonna spoil everything <laughs> if we haven't yeah. already yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> um but anyway so um in, in the episode one of the season aftermath, uh, Johnny's still trying to cope with the trauma of Miguel's accident, which ends up getting him heavily intoxicated and later arrested and jailed and getting into a brawl fight at a bar. Meanwhile, two weeks after the school fight, the all Valley community is still shaken up by coming to grips with the consequences. So the school has since put an anti-physical contact rule in action. Sam still shaken by the fight is suffering from panic attacks and the duel between the two dojos is still strong. Johnny, who wants to visit Miguel in the hospital, purposely hurts himself so he can sneak into the ICU and tells Miguel words of encouragement. When Daniel finds out Robbie, who is on the run, stole a van from the dealership, Daniel and Johnny team up to find him. That felt longer to read than I thought it would, but I'm reminded of all that now. <laughs> what, were, what were you guys' yeah. thoughts on this first episode? I loved when they, you know, they start with him at the bar and they're like, he won't leave. He says... <laughs> light beers for pussies or something oh yeah <laughs> what's the banquet he's, he's wanting some beer called banquet yeah. <laughs> don't know. who doesn't know core's original come on hey dark johnny's back like yeah. exactly exactly uh no um it it was good i i think it was a nice again it's if you come back to uh if you think back to where season two ended it had this like big like 40 minute long fight that literally ended with Miguel bouncing off of a, a, a maybe a, dead stair rail, maybe dead, right? Like in a coma, and, gonna die. And so it was a good return to that. It it, it just played. A, it, I feel like it did a good job of doing what it's supposed to. It set up everything that we're going to deal with over the next like series of episodes, right? Sam's Sam's panic attacks, which was a regular recurring thing. Uh, uh, this Miguel's recovery, which was a, a pretty much recurring thing for, throughout mm -hmm. the rest of the season, the first few um, episodes, especially. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and uh, Johnny dealing with immense loss, like everything. He, he felt like he was finally like moving in the right direction, and by like those la towards the last end of season two, and then it turns out like it was all a big elaborate plot by Crease to steal everything from him, and now he has you know him in the depths of like did he betray all these kids it's a lot of empathy i think so much so he doesn't even recognize it as that which is part of like like billy zaka just does this amazing job of like playing that character of like yeah. it, it like like he his character literally you literally don't think he understands empathy like he doesn't under wh understand why he's feeling the way he's feeling and then you're seeing him deal with that and uh uh brilliant just at, like I, he is like i think like the strongest actor in the show he just oh, like yeah out of the park. like put a hash brown and then send it to the internet <laughs> yeah. yeah like, like yeah. it's it and you think, like, from on the surface, he's just like this big. He's just playing a dumb jock, like he anybody could play that dumb jock. But when he, it gets into these dramatic moments, and how he takes yeah. that dumb jock mentality and applies it to a dramatic moment effectively, it just it, that's how you know that he's really doing a great job. It's like when you see yeah. the guy who played Kevin in The Office, 
give an interview in real life and you realize like how well that guy was actually acting to be Kevin, you know, uh, but the first time Ash watched an interview with him, she's like, I can't, my brain can't yeah. even make the connection. That that's the same person. Yeah. You know, and, it doesn't have that. And he visually looks exactly like Kevin, but it's not Kevin that comes, comes out of his <laughs> yeah. mouth and talks, you know? So I think, uh, I think, I think Zabka is the same thing. I like the same level of like this level of acting that's happening is very impressive to me. Yeah. I hearing you say that I realized that he actually, for me, strikes the perfect, if, if the whole show could be balanced in its approach of all these different tones, as well as he seems to do that with, his performance it would be like pitch perfect all the time or, or nearly all the time but yeah because I, I was realizing that um because i rewatched last night a few of the scenes in four and five that i really liked best all the japan stuff and then most of the last episode and um yeah between that being fresh in my mind and what you were just saying about him i was like starting to get emotionally moved just thinking about it just thinking about yeah. him and i i, I think that he, yeah, I'm realizing like how wonderful a job he did, and and what amazing like tightrope thing he walked to. Uh, and it's so it's like it pays off. And this is where I think you're really correct too about it not just being fans of Karate Kid because if you're just fan of Karate Kid, and this is all coming. Well, I think if you jump to like the last episode, that would have been interesting, perhaps. Yeah, but um. You're rooting for Johnny so much because of the previous things, and he grows so much. Like yep. the, the the accountability he takes and the and the vulnerability he shows uh, in that in those last couple of episodes. Oh shit, like, well, man! It's really getting me just thinking about well, it. Well, we're talking while we're on the subject. I am going to jump episodes, but like, well. We'll come to it, but the the letter that he types that he does not send to Allie at the end of that episode where, uh, on Facebook, where he's like trying to write that email all day. Yeah. And let, <laughs> so like, let's put a teaser in. I yeah. won't spoil it. But when we get to that that episode, but when we get to that episode, just remember this conversation talking about like how good, because I feel like that episode showcases it perfectly because he rewrites that email like four or five times throughout the like. And at one point, it's just like two words are sitting there, you know, and you can't. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, the, um, when we get to that, that that that'll be a good revisit, because I think that's a does a great that little tiny arc about that email on Facebook does a great job of just showing, I think, how in tune to this character he is and how he can just nail all of the emotions that this character is is trying to work through that they're not used to dealing with, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So and this is season three. I mean, he just keeps bringing it. <laughs> I know. Like, that's the other thing too, is like, that he's the one consistency I feel like in the show that like, you know, he's going to deliver a performance. And then, and then Miguel, I feel like is the next strongest, uh, character in the whole show. I actually would put like, uh, Daniel down. Like he, I, I don't know. He did, I I just can't buy into him as uh as Daniel, you know, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> as adult Daniel. Yeah. As an adult it's Daniel. a little weird, yeah. yeah. But by I the was, by uh, the end I I appreciated where he got. And there there are some scenes where I felt is it really all the Japan stuff for me with Daniel? I was like yeah, really on yeah. board for something about that work. Um sorry, I what were you going to say, was, 
I thought he was looking a little old man, but and I guess he is maybe the older one on the cast. But uh, I liked how he fought like an old man in the end. <laughs> like Miyagi was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" You know, just yeah. like yeah. <laughs> well, and he's technique for an old man. And he said at some point, like later in the in the much later in the series, he's like, "You know, I'm the same age now as Mr. Miyagi was when I met him," wow. and that really put. I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> was something." Right. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's move on to. Did we we good on one? Yeah. Let's the only note two. I had for one was I thought it was very sort of notable or interesting that Miguel in his coma was fighting in the All Valley Tournament, and I thought it was <laughs> both interesting that that was like the most important thing to him somehow. But it was an interesting like I don't know if metaphor is the right way, but a way to kind of play out the struggle, his inner struggle to hopefully yeah. wake up, and then as as Johnny would encourage him to wake up, I he was starting to kind of do better in the fight. So it's just, it's a little funny and they do make fun of it very well. I think at times this, I, how important the all Valley karate tournament seems to be in oh, the Valley. Yeah, like, <laughs> in the gymnasium. Yeah, were, and, I, yeah. I do like how they poke fun at that, that inside joke a little bit. Yeah. And what I, is I, it about Al Valley and their love of karate? I know. Like, they're like, all <laughs> oh, karate riot. Yeah. Um, uh, I, my first thing, my first take when I see, it, especially the hospital and some of that stuff, is Disney. It just screams Disney. It's so, like, I don't know, something about the way it's shot and um, some of the maybe the characters. I don't know, but uh, Please, the flash, like like, right, like that. Yeah, you know. like yeah. There you go. That's a good way of putting it. Just you've seen it a bunch of times before already. And you, know? you could also tell the quality of picture and all that's just like high top dollar stuff, like really yeah. sharp and. Um, but then like that, the flashback scene kind of reminds me of kickboxer four or something <laughs> or wait, kickboxer two with Cody. Oh yeah. <laughs> from step by step <laughs> and the new tempo or no. Oh, that's Three. awesome. See, you see, you see, say Dave does the deep cuts on movies, man. You got him yeah. too. Oh yeah. <laughs> got my niche. Yeah, rare people rock a kickboxer two reference. Yeah, no <laughs> like I said, I've seen three and four now. It's like wow. Yeah, I watched all, all all six Phantasm movies. So, oh, I'm curious about those. People love oh, those. No, don't be. No, okay. Stop it, you. I've never seen the first one even. Oh, uh, the first one is actually really good. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not trying to side rail. No, I don't. This know. is already going to be a multi-hour long conversation. Oh yeah. All right, so episode two, Daniel and Johnny visit Shannon at her rehab center in order to look for Robbie and are directed to visit Robbie's former gang acquaintances in jail. The search eventually leads to the pair, a group of th- the, the pair to a group of thieves who have stolen the van from Robbie, leading the pair to dispatch them in self-defense. However, their brief partnership ends due to Johnny continuously assaulting one of the thieves. Johnny yes. attempts to visit the now conscious Miguel, uh, but is rebuffed. Daniel finds Robbie at the rehab center and has the police take him into custody in order to lessen his sentence. Meanwhile, Crease attacks uh, Tori's landlord in order to remove the pressure she has on taking care of her ill mother to ensure that her loyalty to Cobra Kai. Uh, so uh, this one is just, it's more, I feel like the, it's like the first three or four, just all exposition. We're just setting everything up. So yeah. now we're starting to see like Crease's intentions. He's going around and collecting all of these Cobra Kai kids to ensure their loyalty. Build his um, team. Build his team. This Robbie story, th- I felt like two of these first few episodes crammed so much into these yeah. relatively short episodes. Because, like, I mean, it's like you got the Robbie arc happening where 
you don't even know what's going on with him because he's the one who kicked Miguel at the end of season two for anybody oh, listening yeah, yeah. if you don't remember. Uh, he kicked Miguel off of like a, a balcony. And when Miguel fell, he fell onto the arm rail uh, of the stairs below him. And that's what put him in the coma. And Robbie split, we find out at the beginning of season three, like he's disappeared. And so there was a love triangle between Miguel and Sam and Robbie. There was a father-son love triangle between Robbie and Daniel and Tommy. And now they're like, they make the joke, um, what's the cop show that they say they are when they're going and looking for Robbie together? Tango and Cash? Yeah. yeah. Like that. <laughs> that and they're so like, cool. are they drug dealers? And, yeah. and so. Narcotics uh, is totally different. Narcotics <laughs> officers, I think. And, uh, but Johnny making that correction was one of my favorite things. Yeah. Just the two of them together, so, too. I was so on board for that. Um, like yeah. But, yep. like and that, again, that like exposition teasing towards like where's where the season is going to go, right? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, that foreshadowing. So, yeah, that was fun. Uh, subtle and, and fun, you know, in, in hindsight. We also get the, our first, I think this is the episode where we get our first crease flashbacks. So we start to yeah. get the backstory of, of John Crease, the, you know, the main villain. And, um, this is where they first start to do this thing where I must have been intentional where they they kind of introduce a character that be, plays upon the audience's familiarity with these characters. And you presume in the past, you know, who's who like there's this kind of Biff Tannen like dickhead. In a, I'm in so a, glad you said that because it reminds me of the diner scene from Back to the Future. Exactly. Like the recurring dining, yes. diner scene from Back to the Future. And it's like, in a it's in a, a diner. It's yeah. another pool. Tango and Cash. Like I said, there was they just somehow threw childhood things in there that were just awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. Perfect. And like I'm Mon- sorry Mon- not to cut you off, too. but but you were implying that the that that bully you were thinking work was crease, right? And, yeah. and it, if only briefly. And the nice like person who works in the diner, there's no way that could be crease. Like that's uh and and so they kind of pull the oh we got you. Like that's again <laughs> with like early, or the early episodes in season two and the early episodes in season three. You know, I use the phrase cliche, and maybe that's a little too harsh, but this this is all the like the kind of stuff that we've we've seen this kind of storytelling happening before in other things, you know. So you're not uh just look on just a I always look at it as when I start to feel like, oh, I'm not seeing anything new on this. I'm like, but just, but you're seeing it in the Karate Kid universe, you know? So that's, that's the, that's the novelty. Like, let's see how Karate Kid does these stories. So, um, but yeah, the, so it, it, it kind of turns the tables and you find out that Crete is this relatively nice guy. And that's where I, I, I personally started to have some, I'm like, I don't want to think this guy's nice. Like he's been such a great two-dimensional villain which that sounds like a, a, a negative critique but it's like you just you just want him to be endlessly evil so you can hate him to his like you don't have to feel any remorse for anything that happens they to him. turned him into anakin skywalker they showed yes! his youth and you. jesus that's exactly turned. well done yeah. sir and, well and at the end you know you know it, there's like some stuff from Star Wars there too. Like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. this is Disney or what? Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. I I, I agree, and uh, so it, it was good. But yeah, I and and the setup for Silva. I I cannot wait to see if he comes into season that's four. It. I mean, they, you know, sometimes they might do a surprise and surprise us and make it better, even better than. But it, so wow. they. <laughs> 
Moto, they mentioned so we mentioned Tori's mom is sick, and and that's how he's we, we know that he's going around and collecting these kids basically. So he beats up her mom is sick, she's working tons of jobs, and Crease goes and you initially until the more episodes come down the line and you realize he's still manipulating children. Initially, you're like, maybe this guy, because we just saw this like good, this like good thing from his past. So maybe he does have some twisted root of good intentions of like protecting this young girl. And he that, did. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, uh, I... He may have. And I think he did have a little bit, but didn't, but it also meant that she was going to be loyal to him. And I think that yeah. was his larger motivation. So, yeah, it's more. Know. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he definitely uh, like made a difference in her life. That absolutely. Was, it, it made it, that it, uncomfortable. It was like, but it was then because then when he came and kicked the dude's ass, you're like, all right, you did the right thing. You know, it, like <laughs> part of that conflict, it helps solidify that conflict of feelings about that you have about yeah. Greece that you, you already had from his, from his flashback. But, um, you made an allusion uh, to a theory. So we had talked during season two or season one um, mm -hmm. about uh, maybe Tori was Elizabeth Shue's daughter. Because um, of the way they introduced themselves with the yeah. I and the Y. And yep, yep. Um, and we find out, in not uh, to get ahead of ourselves, that that is not the case. Yep. But now you're you're thinking she might be the daughter of the girl from the love, not love interest, the friend. Because uh, he was very specific that she was a friend. Because he was married not, at the time. And yeah, afraid he to kiss to, a girl. For, for a game, she didn't want his fiance to get jealous. In real life, so that was, was the thing with in, Ralph in real Macchio. Life, yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't want her to get jealous in real life by like having to kiss a girl on screen. So they, he asked the writers to make her a friend. That's hilarious. Uh, but you think that's who it's going to be? The redhead? Uh, I don't know. They, they yeah, got that, me. That's a question that, for that me. Be, uh I don't know. I wonder but, yeah. how many connections they'll make. Like just today, I was walking past my DVD set, and on the third disc uh, for the Karate Kid Ooh. series, it, on the one side is Karate Kid Three, on the flip side is Karate Kid with Hillary Swank. Like the yeah. one still has Pat Morita, which I haven't seen like since it came out. But I wonder if because like when they mo made this move to Netflix, um, I listened to a, a podcast with the creators and stuff and they were talking about it and maybe I brought it up on, on the show already, but they said, um, cause YouTube TV got out of the business of creating new content. And, uh, one of the reasons why they're excited to go to Netflix, et cetera, is cause they have many more stories to tell. And he's like, you remember Cobra Kai never dies. And, mm. uh, so they're wow. pulling in so much so quickly that I wonder just how how far that thing will unravel and uh, and more and yeah. more I'm 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 here for it. I loved seeing Johnny and and uh, Daniel fight together in that garage. That was really fun, and yeah, I was yeah. kind of impressed by the their you know agility and choreography there together. And you need yeah. them to you need Crease to be bad so that these guys can join against him and um. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Don't yeah. they say that at some point? Yeah. In the, I mean, the uh, the show is truly very cheesy and very cliched, but it does. It, I don't care. <laughs> I'm yeah. here for no, it. <laughs> I, again, it's fan service in the best way. Like yeah. I feel like the, this fan service is so innocent and fun compared to yeah. some of the other fan service that we've t discussed already in some of the other franchises that we like, right? Right? Mm -hmm. uh, that can get. It just feels really heavy handed or it feels like 
either they're intentionally fucking with the fans or they're intentionally like bowing to the fans, which we don't like. I, I personally don't like either one of those reactions. You know, I, I like make the movie that should be made, not not the one people keep telling you to make. Sometimes fans don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're because they don't make movies for a living and tell <laughs> stories. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I forget where I heard it, but I heard that they said no matter how short they cut it, they have a way of how they're going to wrap it up. Oh, so they oh, have an end game like, already. That awesome. That's that's reassuring. But it could be extended, like they said, like how many seasons? But they said yeah. that they do have a way. They said it's in their contract somehow that they'll be allowed to wrap it up the way they want to. Yeah, I, well, and, and Netflix is scary sometimes where it'll just like up and cancel favorite fan favorite franchises uh, with no warning. Uh, I mentioned Daredevil when it, oh yeah, when it was able to work out the deal with Disney and it it axed every one of its Marvel franchises it was working on at the time, and that was a sizable amount. And uh, but now, uh, is it Kevin Fig? Is he the guy that runs Marvel? I think so. He yeah. he went on record to say like, don't rule out a return of. Of that dare, daredevil universe oh um, so, that first uh, season was excellent in particular oh, yeah and well uh the and they're making uh deadpool they they have gone on record to say that they are bringing deadpool to the mcu and his movies will continue to be r-rated so i think they're kind of embracing this they have to acknowledge like there's a sizable portion of their fan base who are adults and want to see these heroes and are like as realistic of a setting as possible that's going to mean swearing and violence and people getting hurt and all that stuff so there's there's got to be a market for that i think still i'm here for it and, um yeah. <laughs> anybody else anything else from episode two uh i don't think so i don't the, uh, move three. The, the only note i had was uh i was taken aback when remember when miguel yelled at johnny he, it's like oh, it's yeah. really like fierce, like unexpected. That's one of those tonal things that sometimes it'll just like, whoa, shit. But there are, for as, as cliche and stuff as it can be, there are occasionally like really genuine emotional stakes that I think even when everything isn't working quite together, those pay off ultimately yep. when it does kind of fall back in, in step with the just the right balance. <laughs> but. I, I think that's the, the because we've alluded to that too, where we're starting to get too mushy or whatever, as far as the drama goes, like you can overlook those when you see ultimately what they're like, the, how they're going to pay off yeah. and the, and the, the car dealership, which you mentioned in episode, like when we were given our, that's a great example of that. Like, cause that's the exact reason how he gets over to Japan, which you say is like some of your favorite stuff from the season. Right. Yeah. And that was mm -hmm. the, that was the catalyst that got him over there. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. And a pretty good uh, one, ultimately, because it, it makes sense that, you know, all of this violence and stuff, especially the stuff at the school that, um, and it's, and Robbie, yeah, who did the, you know, was the one to knock Miguel off, like, did, was Daniel's student. And so it does make some sense, at least intellectually or, or like in a small, that, that, that there would be a blowback for Daniel's business. And, uh, and, that, and that's kind of the answer to the why is why is the valley Alex. so concerned about karate? Like it would impact his business if it's bringing yeah, yeah. in the community that much, right? Like yeah, yeah. That's, that's so, and 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 uh, well, so episode three is actually one that I don't think I have any specific notes for, and 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 uh, I could I could not, the main thing for me about that one was that so I'm happy to read the the synopsis, but I could also just kind of skip it. <laughs> uh, other 
then the main beat is that Johnny goes and sees um, Bobby, another of the Cobra Kai alumni from, from Karate Kid, who's now a pastor. And yeah, he goes sure. to him for advice to how, how to help pay for the surgery Miguel needs to hope because because there's this threat that Miguel may never be able to walk again, which is why he has that s- severe um, lashing out at Johnny, who he holds responsible. And that um, was his into the prison system for Johnny was because he was a priest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then because at this point, or whatever. I, that, I guess that happened at the end of t- uh, episode two, where, you know, both both Daniel and Johnny are in this position of like they're so it's with, with Johnny, it's with his, with Robbie, his son and with Dan, or no, sorry, it's flip with, with, with Daniel. It's with, no, wait, I get confused. Yeah. Well, it's Daniel had to turn in Robbie for his own good to the authorities. Because yeah. he was being, being trained at Miyagi-Do. Yes. He's but of course, yeah. student. and he knew that would be the best thing for Robbie. Yeah. And Miguel, um, or like Johnny was rejected by Miguel. So they're kind of both on the outs with their son figures, even though one was the actual guy's son. Um, And and that's what prompted his like Cobra Kai alumni to be like, you need to go visit your son and you need to talk to him. So they made plans to go do that the following day or whatever. He was going to get help, get him in to visit Robbie and try to, coach this mending of the that fence yeah. and uh johnny biffs it big time <laughs> yeah. uh, um but this yeah. also sets up like the 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 foreshadowing for the big uh, a couple big good big it, fight happening between cobra kai and miyagi do so yeah, yeah johnny johnny didn't make it to, on time for his own son but chose a student and daniel was kind of doing the same thing as well going after robbie that was his student just nice conflict they yeah. put in there. Not necessarily yep. making time for his daughter, <laughs> I guess, ultimately. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Who is really uh, struggling. That's one of the things, too, I think they do well is like having the violence that can sometimes, because like ultimately you want there to be fighting because it's Karate Kid <laughs> or Cobra. Yeah, right. But right. it is, it can be pretty traumatic, these things. And so, so I, I think the idea of like actually playing out some of that with, with Sam. It was a good idea. Uh, I mean, it certainly was. I didn't always like love it, but it made sense to, as something that you would have to grapple with. Because like Tori, that character, she had these like she cut Sam's arm, and she like they could have somebody could have died there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that seemed to resonate. Died. And we yeah. even in the ep- first couple episodes, it was still hit or miss on if he was going to survive. Uh, I mean, of course, he's going to survive. He's the main character. But I feel like they touched on like a modern character within that of like the online bullying and real life bullying and just things being more extreme or things moving quicker or whatever. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, that I, appeals more to that younger crowd. And, and this like, you know, takes you back and makes you feel like, Ugh. Um, and they, yeah. So they do enough of that where it's like, I need to fight <laughs> yep. self-defense. <laughs> I think that uh, the this the the PTSD, if you will, that Sam was yeah. struggling with after that fight throughout this whole season was I struggle with her, her character in particular. I just don't think that some of her stuff is as strong as it could be. But I feel like all that PTSD stuff was like spot on. She nailed it, and it. I think that was some of her strongest stuff this this season. On top of her fighting, she does fight very well. 
but uh yeah she was disney so disney brought her in i mean i don't she? know it's yeah not disney is i it? didn't know that it's no it's not disney it's netflix well and this was youtube youtube started yeah they so. youtube paid for this one but the uh, uh, I, I think for but, me the the kids stuff does it doesn't resonate for me but i know why it's there uh, and i think i'm glad it's there to kind of you know, broaden, and you need those characters for the adults. The only one they really, and this is where I'm like, I wonder what they'll do in the future. Cause like you see Daniel's son, maybe like once this whole season and they've never done anything with him. So at some point they're, they're gonna, they have to, otherwise what's the point in him being there. Right. But, right. but yeah, so the kids storylines don't always resonate with me. And I think this season in particular, I just, the motivations were less clear for, for me about, I mean, like, you know, Sam is struggling with this thing. So that makes sense. And I thought yeah. they did a good job of starting to set up some stuff with Tori, but just the, the intensity of like the hatred and the violence does oh, not yeah. seem very well motivated for me with the kids. Like yeah. why? And, and also even with Crease, like, why is he trying to amass these students to what end to what real goal? The fucking tournament? If so, they don't even talk about that. So that that's one thing that whenever it was like with those stories, I was just not tracking the intensity of the reactions or motivations about, I don't know that though I will say, so just to, as, as a disclaimer, not a disclaimer, but to soften that a little bit, that, that maybe harsh judgment when it, you know, it does get to the end and, and Robbie says what he says, I, it took me having rewatched some of the stuff and fast forward through a lot of the things I've just mentioned that I didn't really enjoy as much. I was like, Oh, okay. If you just take like the, f- the facts of it all, it's just something about that. Uh, it, like it, it just doesn't work for me. The kids, the kids motivation, this, this series, that's the one sort of critique I would, I would say of the season three but for me. What about if it's that it's embracing the, it's coming down to, that's my sensei. It, it, like, that's their motivation is that you, I'm defending my sensei. Because yeah. I feel like this one really embraced that kung fu movie mentality, that kung fu movie philosophy, which I am, I admit you both are, could run circles around me in that whole universe of stuff. But in the like, in the uh, the very surface of that genre, I feel like this one, this season is where they really started. Again, long payoffs for this show, but they've been setting up the whole time loyalty, and that's what mm-hmm. really this whole and and what does that loyalty look like? Can that loyalty change based on circumstance? Um, but that I, that instant hatred it all comes back to the i'm cobra kai you're miyagi do you're screaming eagle fang or whatever <laughs> like yeah. yeah why did you kill my teacher yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly just like that that's yeah. exactly what that is i mean talk about where is the motivation for that hatred and that's ex- that's a great example that yeah. scene right you know, yeah, I, that that's a great point actually, because the sensei stuff does make sense. It's really the stuff between the kids interpersonally that doesn't track always for me very well. So like, what when the, there was so much like getting revenge on the Miyagi Do and all this stuff, it was like for Miguel, but like Miguel ha- wasn't asking them for that. They, none of them even saw him. You know, they're yeah. all just like so. 
and it yeah it sort of like i accept i have to accept it to move the plot along but it doesn't quite work for me and and hawk getting so so dark um and breaking dimitri's arm ultimately uh it's kind of the pinnacle of that and then you start to see him kind of be like ah i don't know i don't buy that i i think that's all a setup i think he's like a plant by crease oh like i don't think he actually i think he is still crease's number two oh and like all that stuff with like the creating that like tension with the new recruits and like crease acting like that Asian kid who actually bullied Hawk was yeah. his number two. And that's the guy that he actually liked. Like, yeah. I think all of that is a setup for he's going to betray at the like opportune time and reveal that he was Cobra Kai the entire time. And like, that's interesting. There's going to be someone, it would be him. Yeah. It would be but him, right? It like, was nice to see he and uh, Demetri get back together. It's like Eli, Eli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like all that uh, was great. Uh, yeah, and it was. And if it if he does if he is double crossing them, like it would make that even better. Like that, like it like all of this like over dramatization. We're like, oh, he's like so dark and all that stuff. Like he no, he maintained the dark. He doubled down on the dark and betrayed all those people. Like. Well, was a, a mole and a plant like. that that's that's very interesting because that that was one of the i mean i was very happy that that moment happened that he kind of came to the rescue of kind of seemed to turn against cobra kai in that final fight but the moment that he d- made that choice and i i was just like i don't i i didn't make sense to me like there were so many more intense yeah you think it's a, it's all yeah fake. yeah because like there were super I, intense things that were happening moments before and even after that but it wasn't seeing that and the most extreme things that made him be like oh i gotta snap out well, of this it he, just seemed coming out of nowhere with it from the start though because he he's, he was now friends with the guys that bullied him yeah and yeah he was yeah. like wait a minute i i don't really doesn't resonate well with him that he's now friends with these guys that he didn't like before and went back with his old friends you know at the end i, I but it, yeah the transition may not have been clear enough or exemplified enough but. and it, it it could very well be a legitimate thing and he actually did see the the light and everything but i could see that again because i feel like this one really really embraced that like karate movie mythos like those classic karate karate movie mythos the quote unquote cliche things, right? Like you, you, my sense, I'm defending my sensei and my, my dojo and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, uh, I, I feel like that is a prime plot point to have that betrayal at the, like, it's going to be during the fight of season four, the yeah. last episode fight of season four. And it's going to come down to like Hawk and somebody. That's mm-hmm. great. Foresight, yeah. And you're you're going to think that Hawk is like, all right, he's been on their side this entire ten episodes for season four, and at the last second, he's gonna like seriously hurt the person. Like, and you're gonna realize he's was bad this whole time, and you'll look back on like it, it could potentially pay off to be an amazing throwback if that if that happens. And I feel like in that vein of the karate movie uh, philosophy, that would be a great double cross. Yeah, sure. hell yeah. Well, we're moving like right into where for me this season like really takes like all of this track that they're laying starts to like I don't know you just sort of burn th- burn through it like the train's going really fast <laughs> yep. pretty soon here like and funnily enough episode four is called the right path um 
but so this in this one so the the, the stuff with with daniel's uh business the dealership plays out such that like he's gonna have to gonna go under because of doyota <laughs> like a toyota <laughs> obviously uh, uh surrogate to um is not gonna deal with him and uh and so he he ends up going to japan to mr miyagi's hometown um and then uh what else is that? i'm just kind of looking here to not i mean that's that's the main thing he goes to tomi village where karate kid 2 takes place and he's gonna try to like you know, solve this but you know the whole like daniel's looking mr miyagi's philosophy you look people in the eye and you tell them the truth all this stuff um so daniel in japan was a great like when that that happened at the end of uh, the third because each episode ends with like a ooh oh shit <laughs> uh, i think the first episode ended with miguel waking up can't remember this what the second episode ended with but the third episode ended with um you knowing that Jan- daniel's going to japan and sure. so for me, the he's you know the Tomi Village is now like this sort of shopping center, but uh, right in the middle it's of it, yeah. yeah, there's this dancing that it, and and it turns out to be that the person on stage leading the dancing is Kumiko, his sort yeah. of love interest from when he was in Japan, and man, right away, well, yeah. I was just like, whoa, I was taken aback by how much that hit me, and yeah, everything with her really moved me like instantly and again when i watched it last night that actress carries such like grace i don't know i was just like she should be married to her (laughs) (laughs) yeah chemistry was beautiful i was just i was that was my that actually my i think it is my favorite thing about the whole season three and i would not have guessed that uh yeah karate kid 2 is not i would say the strongest i mean karate kid 1 obviously is a masterpiece but Credit Kid 2 is not necessarily great <laughs> or even one of my favorites, but it's better than ooh. three though. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I like Tony Silva. I don't like the dark be. Superman. Version of Daniel. No, like, I, I, I think that, uh, I, um, I, I agree. I think that all of that was super strong. Uh, I, I think I, and as much as we talk about this show being cliche, because uh, this isn't the only love interest throwback that happens during this season. I feel like Netflix kind of pulled out all the stops on this and like really got everything we've been talking about. Oh, when are they going to do this? It kind of pays out in this season. Yeah. And uh, um, as cliche as we talk about it, I actually like the fact that they keep it so it's so beautiful, their relationship, but it's not romantic at all. Right. And you would expect it to happen you know yeah. if it was if it was cliche yeah you know if it and it doesn't even tiptoe into it like well they they oh, touch hands at that one point by accident and kind of share yeah. a moment but it's it's innocent and i think they sh- it was wise to do that because there obviously is something there and i think yeah I'm, i don't know if they recognize the chemistry while they're doing it or whatever but i'm glad they had that moment but i'm also glad they so quickly diffused it yeah i thought that was yep. great yeah uh and and i feel like it, the the next throwback love interest that they come to uh, later we'll get to later in the season it goes a little bit closer to maybe tiptoeing into romanticism but it, again it's handled with just such class and just mm-hmm. such like this was all wonderful but it just has to be this it was really great I I, I liked it really respected sure. those characters and uh... yeah agree. 
Um, and yeah, they're both. Uh, Kumiko was a pleasure to see, and like you said, Hannibal such grace and uh, uh, just that wisdom that he needed and the the different thoughts and it was great. Hey. No, just lots of haze. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like Felicity. <laughs> no wonder I liked it. <laughs> well, there was. Uh, I sorry. Go ahead. I I was going to say you want to just you want to knock out the whole Japan vein right now since we're sure, on yeah. Already. I, I think like, from here forward, uh, I'm more more familiar at least, and we can familiarize. Okay. However, but yeah, we definitely talk about Japan in general. Well, we went from it, it's not the only. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's not the only throwback we get. The introduction of his old nemesis from Karate Kid 2, Chosen. Yeah. The great oh, name. Man. Six. <laughs> yeah. So fantastic. Oh, they did a throwback to uh, for your collection, did they do? They I was that? trying to remember that because, uh, yeah, do you remember what he's referring to in Karate Kid 2 when he says for your collection? Because I He took his shirt off. Oh. <laughs> And laugh like someone may Doug maybe, and then uh, they threw the shirt. Yeah, for your collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't remember that. The reveal of of him in that um, coffee because I don't know if it was co- what they were drinking. I thought it was a coffee shop, but I think ultimately they were drinking something. It was liquor. Liquor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that scene starts with. Um, um, like the ice kind of falling into place to reference like the thing in Karate yeah. Kid Two where oh, he has six. Bent oh yeah, to, yeah. She's breaking ice off of that same yeah. rake that they were like. <laughs> like she's just knocking pieces off to put yeah. in their drinks. So right, and then a moment we do or not two on a bet with coward. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in that movie, chosen a you know Oggy, not hear me, Oggy. I still, I, I'm like driving home one day and I'm just thinking that and I'm hearing your voice and <laughs> I do it for fun. Just like, you're Come on and fight me, Oggy! Come on, defend your honor! Defend your honor, Oggy! Sato <laughs> just screaming into the storm, man. That was awesome. <laughs> and then they had the girl that he rescued as well. Yeah. Right? Yep, yep. Yeah, another great throw. That whole thing just felt nostalgic to me. I definitely shed a few tears during that episode. Yep. <laughs> Who conveniently enough is the like foreign sales ma- like senior president sales manager of the whatever the Toyota ripoff is that Daniel came over to try to save. So she's the one that's able to like save his business single handedly. So it, it it sums that up all the whole arc ni- nice yeah. and neat, right? Yep, absolutely uh, smart. Uh, but in between that though, when he's with. Uh, when he's with his arch nemesis, uh, we see some really awesome character growth and development between the two of them. <laughs> that was funny, Dave. You really enjoyed that, Dave. Oh my god, yeah. So, um, when Chosen shows up, like it, that was such a reveal. Like him in the he's in the, but that whole thing in the cafe or or the bar or whatever, the awkwardness of it. And not knowing what he was gonna do, I could have watched that forever. I was just in heaven of like the kind of yeah. comedy of that. <laughs> he's like a robot. He's like all stiff and just yeah. like he's but like he's got a mean he's face. Like, Why you drink? He's like, I do not drink during the daytime or right. whatever. He's yeah. he didn't drink at all. That's how I realized they were drinking alcohol because it looked like water. But 
But yeah, yeah it was really awkward. And Daniel's like, oh, I'm going to get another drink. And Joseph's like, no, I get it. He's like, no, no, it's fine. No. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's still got that same affect. That was good. And you th- oh, yeah. When he first walks up, you think like, oh, shit, what's this now? But then he bows yeah. to him kind of carefully. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't want to um, forget to mention with the. There's the beautiful, before we go all about Chosen, um, there's a really lovely scene where, because like, she, you know, Kumiko asks him, he's like, why are you here? He's like, oh, this thing with my business. And she goes, no, 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 why are you really here? And he, he's, you know, said, you know, I'm kind of in trouble and I would always go to Mr. Miyagi, but now he's like, I, and she's like, I think I can make that happen for you. And she presents, Wait, they kind of, they meet at, um, oh, what's her, um. Yukie, uh, Mr. Miyagi's like love, uh, uh, like childhood love that we see in um, Karate Kid 2. Uh, so we meet we, she, at her house. She's, I think, passed away probably as well. I don't know if they tell us, but yeah. So Kumiko has the, on the letters. Oh, yes, yes. And so Mr. Miyagi had written to her to, all this time. And, and the, it's cool that the letters were in, in Japanese. And so Kumiko had to read it to him. Oh man, I get so choked up because like she, yeah. her, the way that she is moved by reading the letters to Daniel is is so moving, and and that that's one of those scenes where I felt it was so grounded, um, and and uh oh yeah, that really works so well for me. But it is also undercut with the humor of Mister Miyagi as well, to where yeah. he says this thing I can't. Uh, it's something about like I'm he's he's writing to her from the hospital and he's talking about how he's always looking for signs, and then he mentions uh, something about how he met. I don't know if I wrote this down. Maybe I didn't. It, because of Daniel, <coughs> that's what allowed him to like rekindle his love with this woman and start. It, that was one piece of it, and then the other piece of it was that through Daniel. This is how it ties to his daughter because yeah. great foresight on the writers here is they let the story – they knew they couldn't have Mr. Miyagi, obviously, in Cobra Kai because uh, Pat Morita had passed, has passed a while ago. But they had the wherewithal to say he was – that Mr. Miyagi was alive long enough to have been there during Sam's early childhood, like up to like four or whatever. And so that letter also ties back about how, because I think he wrote the letter. It was the last letter he wrote. Yeah. And it was while he was dying. Yeah. And he talks about it. It makes this tie together about how it's without Daniel, he would have never rekindled his love with this woman. He would have never like felt like a father. He would have never felt like ultimately a grandfather. Yeah. Because Sam makes him feel like a grandfather uh, when he gets to see her. And it, it you're right. It is beautiful. And uh, it helps Daniel realize like the lineage is what's important and like helps him refine. Like it doesn't matter. Like just go back and like be there for your daughter and yeah. you, know, you need to help her get over this stuff. Like, and that's why he comes back and he has this feeling like what's going on with her. Like maybe I just need to figure it out. And that, cause she hasn't talked to anybody about her PTSD or her problems that she's having. Right. So, but it's like that because she says, what's that letter? And he's like, I need Mr. Miyagi. And so then the letter that she reads for Mr. Miyagi comes back to Sam. And now he knows like M- Mr. Miyagi would have told me to go like 
fix what's wrong with my daughter, like help her. She yeah. needs my help. Yeah. And he's coming into his own as a sensei. Yes. Yes. That and too. Father. Yeah. It, that father too. That too. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Excellent point. That is a great observation. So, but that that all of that is the is the the key like the the crucial moment there that happens with that letter and uh which is just so awesome yeah uh yeah and, and again uh, reaffirming the scene that like to get, move back to uh the villain from i you guy i can't remember his character's name which is awful chosen yeah chosen uh to get like the the that solidifies the like like it, again it's more foreshadowing like he's coming together with chosen by the end of their time together like yes. they're kind of friends and like foreshadowing again like this thing like we already had some like they him and johnny tried to pair up and it fell apart and now he was able to show like he can make friends with chosen so maybe there's still hope for him peering up with because even i feel like even we as an audience if you're invested in this know like Oh, they have to. It, the only way they're going to defeat Crease is if they ban forces, and uh, which as soon as they do that, then that's when they're going to bring Tony Silva out, and it's going to be. Well, I remember. So. I remember then now what it was. It was the thing about signs. So Mr. Miyagi said, "We always in life, we all always lose our way, and I'm always looking for signs." And he's like, "But ultimately, it's like people, and like what you were helped with with." the Dan Daniel and his family and, and uh, people that bring us back and help us find our way. And then, so he's kind of coming out of that um, advice, I guess, from Mr. Miyagi beyond the, the grave through Kumiko. And then she kind of arranges this thing for him to cross paths and spend time with, <laughs> with chosen who just, you know, to remind us all like <laughs> was so um, he was very much like Tor Tori. I feel like, and he's like, he yeah. was just on, I guess he was just, yeah, his whole thing was about honor, but like he was just relentless with Daniel to the point even of like challenging to a fight to the death at the end of that yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. there's the famous thing where, you know, Daniel gets the better of him and then and he goes like, this is so cheesy, but he's like, live or die, man. <laughs> and Chosen's like, <laughs> die. <laughs> and he goes, wrong, honk, and like tweaks his nose like we see Mr. Miyagi Which is how do. Mr. Miyagi did the crease yeah. at the end of season one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so so then she hook connects those two together and she's like, all right, have fun. <laughs> and, uh, there's this awkward thing of like kind of Chosen showing him around and then talking about you know, this is where karate was born and Miyagi karate. And we find out that they are essentially what <laughs> Daniel jokes as karate cousins, you know, trained by the, their sensei. Which I, that, sensei. What a beautiful, like, like what a beautiful phrase. This yeah. like, karate. <laughs> yeah. really awesome. I loved that. Wow. And then I loved seeing them kind of in the, at the dojo together and, um, sort of were kind of led on to, or, or were let in that there are certain, not, just defense only they're more like an offensive side to uh miyagi's family karate that daniel wasn't necessarily taught and chosen is kind of showing it to him while also kicking his butt and uh and then this is the thing so i didn't watch the trailer i tried to not know as much about the series coming in as i could but i had this scene spoiled for me and chosen's so 
they get to a thing where like Chosen's doing these moves that kind of paralyze Daniel's arms. And it's like, they actually talk about a kind of a killer be killed scenario. And Chosen does like this, the mirror image of like, he's got his hand raised and his other hand on the back of Daniel's head. And it's the same way that Daniel, what we just talked about from Karate Kid 2 or the live or die thing. And up to this point, Chosen's been so kind of, well, chosen about it that you don't know. I mean, you know he's gonna, gonna kill Daniel as an audience member, but you're not you sure. Know, you know, yeah, you, you know, you know he's not. But I saw a picture of this, of that, in in a print publication of all things, <laughs> right before <laughs> fucking Entertainment Weekly. I saw that, and I was like, "What? <laughs> this is so." I knew that was coming somehow. I told you that the the season finale of Mandalorian got spoiled by the man himself. Yeah. Like, I, saw, I was doing the same thing and saw a tweet from him. Yeah. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? I did like, I totally the biggest fucking secret in star Wars. And I get it spoiled by the person. Like right. Which uh, I, I haven't seen Mandalorian it, yet. And I have listened to some of you guys. I'm not saying anything. I'm not oh, saying okay. anything. I'm I, not, I'm not. I was busy yeah, in the month of December it. and I haven't got to see that, but no, I'm no, that, that, investing that, into that. I'm glad to know that yeah. actually, because that'll come into play t- towards the end of some things I was thinking about in this. But yeah, so yeah. then then he does the thing and and shows a honks his nose and he just completely dro- drops that hard ass affect and his 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 English becomes better, his voice becomes lighter. He even <laughs> does that laugh, that high pitched laugh that he taunts yeah. Daniel with, yeah. like he's a yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But he's like. Yeah. He's made. He made himself laugh like like uh, Mr. Miyagi would sometimes when he would fuck with Daniel. Which which oh yeah. I forgot at the end of that letter too. He like he gives this thing about people showing you their way, and he's like, "You like that, Yukie?" Mr. Miyagi writes, "I got that from a car commercial." <laughs> 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 and you can just imagine him laughing. And oh man, it's great. And the uh, so then there's two. There's the scroll. So Chosen has like all of the Miyagi family artifacts, and so Daniel sees the scroll for like the crane technique and he's like oh my god you know he he wants it but chosen's like you're a foreigner you can't come in here and take this and this is before he kind of um softens and and after that too he's like you know when after our fight i felt great shame and uh he but he chosen clearly mike made a choice to um to turn his life around or to not embrace that shame or that hate that yeah. seemed to consume him throughout that second movie um, and seems to be a pretty, pretty cool, well-adjusted guy. <laughs> um, and he, yep. and then he, he gives Daniel, like, yeah, like, it's like your, your sensei was a great man and I could only hope to be like him. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's lovely. And then Daniel's like, oh man, if only every rivalry could end like this. <laughs> yep. Uh, Hmm. Right. I yeah. wonder if there's another rivalry that could end like this. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, but it's hard to imagine at that point. At least it was for me, and I was just so yeah. kind of taken with that. And then right as he's about to leave, and it's funny too because like they're in these, you know, there's the commercialization of of uh, Tachi Village, and then but then where Chosen takes him is kind of more like what we saw in Karate Kid Two. But it ends with him too. It's like, all right, take that path down and get a cab, and then. Yeah. <laughs> As Daniel goes to leave, though, he calls him back, and then he gives him the scroll, um, and he goes, for your collection. That was it. I was like, yeah. oh, that's so great. Yeah. yeah. For your collection. Oh, it's beautiful. But I couldn't remember like what he had said it about. There's lovely callbacks, too, where with uh, Kumago, too, where 
she was talking he's like how are you not married and he's like oh there's been many people he's like none fought to the death for me <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, back to follow <laughs> yeah and then she's like i've so i guess i've stayed uh what do you say a free agent which is what he, something he told her you know when they met like that he wasn't you know right. in a relationship um but i also love too where what did he, i can't remember what it was but when she said that like Oh yeah, getting to travel around and some of her favorite experiences. And she's got this kind of um very classy and uh just not very like um you know, like Daniel's joking about Seinfeld and stuff, and Kumiko doesn't seem like she would make that kind of reference, but when he asked someone what her favorite things were, she was like, I got to see the cranberries and Radiohead, nineteen ninety five. I thought that yeah, was cute cool. too. Anyway, so, she, was a, she was a dancer, right? Like she yeah, got a yeah. dancing scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but anyway, so then I think t- by that point, Daniel's going to like go back to, oh, though that last beat though is like, we see Kumiko one more time. And then she's like there with a friend of hers who turns, turns out to be not only the little girl, she was a little girl at the time that Daniel saved in the typhoon in Karate Kid 2. Cause Kumiko has said this thing that, and her aunt Yukie, who was Miyagi's, um, you know, I can't think of the right word because they were never like married or anything, right? It was just like his love interest, which seems diminutive to, I don't know. I can't find the right word, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, the love of Soul- Miyagi's life. Yeah. Like considered themselves soulmates, but they yeah. just never, it never panned out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, so she said that Yukio used to always tell her, like you put good things out into the world and good will come back to you. And so she had told Daniel that earlier and she probably went off. <laughs> Kumiko is playing a real Miyagi type role of just like, kind of bringing Daniel That's the thing. back. He said yeah. he to Japan for Miyagi and he found three of them, right? Like yes. he found three oh, people that that's all like... Right. Well, you yeah, know. hadn't so. occurred to me. Yeah. Um, so she, he, she, she still in touch with this, this now like, uh, you know, a fully grown woman who's like involved with sales for Toyota and, and uh, she goes, you know, you saved my life back then and she's like, I'm about to save your business. <laughs> uh, she's senior for... <laughs> VP sales, so VP for senior sales or whatever for Toyota, and uh, and so when that happened though, so the, I watched this with the bride who doesn't have the same level of nostalgia, but she's interested, and and we watch it now with her her cousin and uh, his wife uh, who loves it. Uh, All right, yeah. Oh my god, she she I I wish she were into podcasts and stuff because I loved it. She she just because they just watched it when it came to Netflix. And she was just obsessed oh, wow. with it. And she oh, couldn't yeah. stop with it. She's like, I had to wait for a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I tried to get Robbie to watch it, but he just didn't, when it was on YouTube, but he didn't care. But his wife was so into it. And she was like, people don't understand how this good this is. They need to know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That's they, how I felt. Yep. When it first yep. came out. Yeah. So it was great. And she has it. And she felt, she's got a thing for Billy Zapka now. So I've been texting her um, pictures. That I'm sure we'll get back to the Johnny storyline about the pictures with Johnny. to try to entice her to to watch. Um, but so anyway, the bride doesn't, she, she enjoys it, but doesn't like love it. But when that thing happened where the the fully grown woman now says that to daniel about you know it's kind of that good good things put good things out in the world they'll come back to you and she's gonna save his business the bride goes i don't care if that is cheesy that's the kind of shit i love (laughs) but i was yeah i think at it's at the worst of this show it's still that you know not that that was the worst that was a great moment i just mean like for any critique i might have i i don't care if it's cheesy i love it 
I think it's a yeah real life lesson, and that's what Miyagi was. He was full of life lessons, and still yeah. you can go back to Karate Kid and like feel like you might have learned something, uh, you know, on a deeper level. And he would Miyagi was that character, you know. I had uh, I'll just call them the Woods Boys. Um, they asked me if I who would I rather be. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, Zien, Uncle Zien, oh. or Miyagi, and I was like. Miyagi yeah like he's he reminds me of my dad my own dad it's like but th- that's a tough question I mean nice question yeah uncle Zian from from the kickboxer franchise <laughs> or not yeah. uncle I mean he's yeah he's Miley's uncle but whatever. <laughs> don't step there store. yeah <laughs> um well to bring it back to America unless there's anything you guys want to talk about more in, no, in just the, a great no, episode no, they... all of this shit happening over in Japan uh some healing then, like the turnaround we're ready to turn this thing yeah. around turn the ship around <clears throat> shit serious shit is happening back over in the states down in the valley right um that's right and this is where uh there is a they they fully embrace the distinction between there is a world that these kids are living in and a world that the adults and their drama are housed in and a very small overlap between those two worlds and Kind of uh, like real life. <laughs> exactly like real life. And exactly like the like the karate kid stuff. There just was no adults that we were following. We were just seeing the kid level of all yeah. the shit, right? Yeah. And so it's like the Goonies and all those movies we've talked about at times. Like there's the world of serious just, kid business. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that this is this deals with some serious fucking kid. Like, yeah, gets, we're gonna fucking kill you. Like, I, I really feel like Tori literally wants to. She already has inflicted bodily harm on Sam, but I think if given the choice, she would have brained her with those nunchucks. Like, yeah. I, I, I really think she would have. Like, Robbie's uh, been used to a tough life and living on the street. When they, Tori and Robbie, got to be together, I mean, it's like it's, it gets a little twilighty for me, but they're, <laughs> it's like a badass couple. Like, oh, they're, it, they're, it, 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 it is. And I love, I, and actually, Robbie, I think, is so uh, one of those characters where I'm just like, Ugh, do we need this? But he's really like conflicted. I think like he's like he's walking the earth right now to like really find his like center. So and he's another one I think that's going to come in and just going to like he's going to be the counterbalance to Hawk, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that's going to come in and like really oh, like, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I agree that the the teenage angsty part of it is the part that I have the hardest time with um and the part that it is thickest last season and season three in the first like four and five four to five episodes because it's all exposition and then it's just like well you fucking you betrayed my sensei you're gonna fucking die like come here bring (laughs) your arm fucking it off like you've offended my family and you've offended a shaolin temple that's right and now you must die yeah (laughs) and and they embrace like the swearing so they're actually saying like the kids are saying like f dropping f-bombs and they were doing that with the adults i feel like in the first two seasons but this one they like netflix was like yeah f-bombs all day long and uh Man, so the drama is what's unfolding is like Sam gets the somehow Cobra Kai got the credit for raising the money. Oh yeah, for Miguel. 
They beat him up. Yeah. Miguel needed his surgery. Well, because they, they just beat up. took it from him. Like the the Miyagi Do did the car wash, and then the Cobra Kai yeah. kids just came in and beat ass and stole the money from the little guy that was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, and then donated it on Miguel on behalf of Cobra Kai for Miguel. So they get the credit for paying for his surgery, and that's where Sam gets this idea that the second we they have their guard down, we're jumping them. And, which is so not Miyagi though. Like so no. like which, but, but a little I bit think, like young Daniel. I, there were moments where Sam seemed to share that kind of dickishness that Daniel can exhibit sometime or or just oh, just yeah, general teenage stuff. Yeah. Cause they even had that. Remember that scene in Karate Kid where where Daniel tries out for the soccer team and, and the Cobra Kai guys kind of trap yep. him into getting in a fight and as he walks away, and they're like, you, you know, you can't be a fighter, you know, can't be beating people up. And he's like, this school sucks, man. Sucks. <laughs> and off to the side, you got Allie like doing her cheerleading thing and, and, and Cruel Summer playing. But like, they actually have a soccer battle in this season with the kids that yeah, starts. They that back. Yeah, you can hear it. Like, you can hear off to the side that like, go, fight, win. The same as that. So it was, it's kind of cool yeah, the way yeah. they, there's, in jokes upon in jokes in that way. Oh yeah. But like, yeah, they have a brawl on that soccer field. Like it's kind of brutal. So that's what's happening while Daniel is over in Japan is this is, this is all culminating. There's a couple of major altercations between Cobra Kai and Miyagi Do where Sam is really looking for that because Cobra Kai is repeatedly coming off as the good guys in the school. And Miyagi Do is, all of their kids, all of those kids are on thin ice. Like they're like with the school, like you're going to get suspended if we can't do anything again. And Cobra Kai is really embracing these like, and you can see crease even exhibiting the same things. Like when he schmoozes the, like the city council to try to get the tournament. Oh my God. When he says he's doing the exact (sighs) same tactics that his kids like, like we're doing, you know, so you know where they learned it. And, (laughs) uh, uh, so, but th- this all culminates to a bit like a really big fight in an abandoned laser tag. No, which... no, it's 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 active because the uh the one Miyagi Do student was working there, and so the Cobra Kai oh, yeah, yeah. come to wait. No, actually, Sam goes to... anyway. It, it's kind of an aggressive move led by Sam. They, so he's working at put the like the right. put place. Yeah, they went on the first thing golf in and the stuff, first movie, yeah. right? And uh, putt and stuff is that it? And uh, they jump the Cobra Kai kids jump the counter and steal a bunch of prizes that you would pay for with those rede- redemption tickets. Yeah. And so he texts Sam and says, I'm going to get fired. Like these guys just came in and jumped me at work and like stole a bunch of stuff. And she's like, we'll be there in 15 minutes. So she rallies all of Miyagi Do, and they lure the Cobra Kai guys who they think now they're, they have outnumbered them. There's like five of them and three Cobra Kai guys that they will easily be able to beat the shit out of them, teach them a lesson, and get out of there. Unbeknownst to them, it's all, again, just an elaborate plot that they just keep playing into Cobra Kai's hands because then, like, four more Cobra Kai show up at this. They're moving towards winning the fight, doing exactly how they thought they were going to kick the ass out of the three of them. And then, like, four more, including Tori, shows up. And this, again, is where, like, each of these people have these acting moments where if you're not buying them as a character, just wait. Like again, long payoffs because 
I feel like Sam, the the girl, the woman who plays Sam, just really shined with those panic attacks and the and the the flashbacks and dealing with that, what that would be like. But she clams up, right, and just lets her people get their ass handed to them. And then one of the kids, uh, Hawk, goes through and and snaps one of their arms, yeah. like breaks it. Like his old best friend, uh, Dimitri. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually had even forgot his name. Moto reminded us earlier, like Hawk Eli. was initially the meek Eli with a cleft palate and was uh, bullied by some guys that are, I don't know if they're, are they, if they're not, Kais. yeah, if they're not they're Cobra Kai, yeah. yeah, they would be, be Cobra Kai within an episode or something and he'd be back kind of with his own sort of PTSD of remembering those, uh, you know, beatings yep. from those guys. But so, yeah, he just like, with everybody watching and kind of threatening, and so it wasn't like an in the moment. It was a very deliberate, very drawn out. It actually reminded me of Back to the Future as well, when Biff had uh, George McFly with his arm behind his back, and there's that tension, and and uh, and Marty's mom's like, you know, you're gonna break his arm. It's like you're like, oh no! But in this, like, fucking guy does it. It's terrible, yep. and um, it breaks. Cliche at at all the right times. I yeah. will hand the show that. Like it knows yeah. when to break away from a cliche, and you think it's not going to happen. You right. Think so, you like there's no way they're going to let one kid break another kid's arm in this television show yeah. and show it, and they yeah. do. And like these are teenage kids, like fourteen to se- supposed to be fourteen to seventeen year olds <laughs> who are like carrying weapons, like felony level weapons that and harming each other with them and breaking noses and arms and bloodying each other. And it you just don't see that kind of risk except in Netflix or one of these streaming services. It's yeah. tough in California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to escape LA right now. You got to get some weapons, man. I know. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be good at basketball. But so Sam really crumbles there kind of and, and is unable to, to kind of fight as she has been before. And and then Dimitri has to go to the hospital. And so we end up seeing, uh, so Sam's mom, Amanda, you know, Daniel's wife, he comes there. He's still in Japan. And I think they're mad at, Sam has kind of been acting out. She's been trying to kind of get the teach, like to practice karate. They're like nobody's supposed to be doing karate right now after the last season. And so Sam yeah. had been like convening and training with the other um both the kids leaving Cobra Kai because of the basically being kicked out for not being asshole enough. And anyway, so Sam's kind of been on the outs with her parents a little bit. And they're um, not necessarily understanding each other or understanding what she's going through. But in the hospital, she just like kind of crumbles into her mom's arms crying. And Amanda goes, see Crease. This was so unexpected <laughs> as well, because I have to admit, like, I don't, I have not enjoyed that character really at all I, neither, neither, <laughs> do I, neither do I i i think i said that in the season one and season two reaction yeah none of the bride doesn't like her either we're just like what is what is this well, you were kind of expecting uh, her I, to split I with daniel season. and then when she when he met kumiko i was like oh well there's oh split oh yeah because yeah oh yeah but then she gets the she goes to cobra kai and crease comes out and she's like what the fuck basically but, but not exactly saying that she's like you know kids are getting hurt and Kreese has kind of come up to her and doing the thing we've heard him do a bunch of times, like the callback. But he's like, uh, that thing he says, like, oh, you're a feisty little 
Because like he said it to Mr. Miyagi, he's like, oh, you're a pushy little bastard. But I like that. I like that. I like that. We've, yeah. heard, we've heard him <laughs> do that at least one other time in the as a callback in the series. He starts to do that to Amanda and she decks him. Like <laughs> She goes. Slaps him. Yeah, she slaps hard. him hard. She goes, I don't fuck with this shit at all. Yeah. Like, and she does say, she goes, I don't give a shit what you like. You're a sociopath. And I'm going to take you yeah. down if it's the last thing I do. And storms out. I was just like, whoa. Damn. That just happened. I was on board yeah. with Amanda from that point forward. <laughs> yeah. And it was, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. She was throwing Tango and Cash at Johnny and Daniel for beating up the kids in prison to get the info. Then later, Daniel finds out that they're trying to put a restraining order against Crease, but it's like, I actually have one against you. Oh, for... yeah. It's like, yeah. you did which, what? <laughs> which is so hilarious. Like, it's such a, like, quote unquote, pussy move from such, like, yeah. for somebody who's real trying snake. to avoid, the, like, oh, he's real trying to snake. toughen up yeah. the kids and, like, trying to, like, no mercy and like fight, 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 fight. And then he goes and files the, but when you realize like his, that no mercy applies also to manipulation and applies to oh, like yeah. all that stuff. And, and he's just as snake like as the Cobra that you there know, it, are times when I swear the lighting that they did really made him look like snake eyes. I know what you oh, mean. Yeah. 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 There, there yeah. were times like, Oh my gosh, he looks like a, human snake yeah yeah and because of his eyes and face it's like wow well he's that, that's too good sorry yeah he's also wormed his way into robbie's uh life by because robbie's in juvie during this time and he's getting he's getting i mean to say bullied is, is a little bit of an understatement because on account of the prison because <laughs> he can't escape he, he's anyway um that reminded me a little bit of Death Warrant. <laughs> yeah, again, like they just hit on all the right notes. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, so Crease does come in to see him, where his dad missed it because of um, helping Miguel, um, which I'm sure is the thing we'll kind of come back to after after this. But um, he Crease comes in and kind of is the father figure that shows up for him in that moment and sort of and says because because. Um, Robbie's been taught by Daniel the sort of defense only uh, philosophy of Miyagi's karate um, but he's definitely he's being pursued and um, yeah I mean he's trying to defend himself is like that thing Miyagi says like one to one option one to one um, fight fine right. but five right. to one is too much to expect from anyone and that's yep. that's what Robbie's facing in uh, incarceration <laughs> and so um so when Cree says, you know, I know this is what you've been taught, but you know, this is where you are now. And this is not a tournament, which is funny. We hear that same episode in that same episode as we see the scene from Karate Kid 2 where Chosen is, you know, the thing where he challenges Daniel to a fight to the death. The thing that Mr. Miyagi tells him off to the side before Daniel kind of crosses the little um, bridge to, to get there and fight him is he's like, this is not a tournament. This is for real. And that's what Cree says to to Robbie in prison. Basically, you're gonna have to strike first, and and so he, yeah. Now he snaked it his way. To be advice, like yeah, it's, it, it, it does seem to work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because well, in Robbie was I feel I feel like that kind of plays into that like walking the earth like came from kung fu. he's just like he's trying to like. <laughs> He's just yeah, that's a, yes, that's exactly the reference. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he is just trying to find 
peace with his situation in prison and he's uh, being his hand is being forced by these quote unquote bullies sociopaths uh who are just maliciously beating him up thankfully that's as far as it goes yeah i think that's uh, for a a netflix show i'm surprised it didn't go any darker yeah i was worried it might uh, (laughs) yeah those days were hard for andy dufresne i think those (laughs) were the hardest for him uh jesus so, <laughs> uh, i want to say the sisters didn't win that day but i wouldn't be telling the truth oh lord uh, uh shit but yeah that it, that really reminded me because he's in all white right isn't his like his like uh juvie uniform oh, is all white right, yeah like it's like i felt like it was like symbolizing this like i'm trying to find peace with my situation and I don't want to fight. I don't want to defend myself. I don't want to fight. I don't want to do any of that because all of that is what got me here. So now I need to just come to peace with like trying not this thing that I felt was steering me in the right direction and was leading me down to a good path. Put me right here. Yeah. So now I need to come to peace with not having that thing anymore is what he was going for. I feel like, and, yeah, and in um, his mind, or I mean, in his experience or the way it was feeling, like his sensei, Daniel, turned him in. You had me turned in. You had me locked up. The little bomba there. But, uh, yeah. and then his dad, you know, didn't show up for him. And even though he was trying to kind of get through to him, showing up like in the cafeteria and all that, it just, he felt abandoned by everyone. And then, you know, he was part of that romantic triangle with S- Sam and Miguel. And yeah, Robbie feels completely alone and, and he's at his but, most vulnerable when Crease comes and peels to him. But yeah, Johnny yeah. does show up as well to the cafeteria. So mm-hmm. they get to talk over lunch. And there's the homeless lady. Hey, Blondie. Yeah. You eat that fruit cocktail? Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you follow me around? <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad they keep bringing her back, like at the best time. (laughs) Uh, Isn't that great? But but meanwhile, like so, there's all this stuff about these guys growing into senseis, Daniel and Johnny, and so to to kind of pivot back to to Johnny's story, um, you know, initially like the family didn't want to let him even see Miguel, um, Carmen, uh, Miguel's mom was like turning him away, and he was literally like beating himself up in the bathroom so that he could be admitted to the hospital to see Miguel. And then Miguel turns him away per, like in a very uh, emotional way. But eventually, and I think it's even after Crease appeals to Johnny, you know, it's this thing before we see quite how, how, how as an audience you're led into quite how, how dark and nefarious Crease's sort of underlying motivations are it for a minute. It does seem when he's helping Tori and stuff that he, we might, in, in the with the backstory we're getting with, from Vietnam, that Kreese might be a more sympathetic character than we had so far been shown. So he, he has this scene with Johnny in a bar after Johnny's been turned away from Miguel, where he's like, you know, I know what you need. It's like, I'm, I'm you're always going to be your teacher. Um, and uh, and jo- Johnny doesn't fall for it, but he uses that same line, I believe, ultimately when he kind of goes back to Miguel. And there's a great kind of arc that starts with miguel in in the in the in the hospital bed and he wants his phone and johnny you know by this point he's been um embraced by the family a little bit and allowed to come visit 
And Johnny's like, you want the phone? And he just kind of shoves the table across the room. He's like, go get it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, asthma for pussies. You know? Right, yeah. Like, it's and, impossible. It's not medically. Quiet! Quiet! You didn't see the trailer, but this is the scene that they, oh. like, the trailer is like leading up to, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. The, the trailer kind of ends on this scene. Okay, okay. I've, yeah, I enjoyed that then too. So now we get kind of Johnny trying to, trying to kind of get, trying to help Miguel basically, like, and trying to motivate him in the ways that he can think of. And there's the, <laughs> there's a one time he and writes all on from the eighties. All the ways yeah, are from the eighties. It's something like he wrote on a, like you see him at one point with a pat, pad, and it's like how to fix Miguel's legs, and it's, I think like Tony Robbins <laughs> is on the list. Yeah. LSD is left. Freaking old VHS. Yeah. Oh, man. And then yeah. we see him do things like he's got the fishing rod and he's like, there's dangling with, from the fishing rod, to, like a Playboy or something. Or uh, swimsuit edition, Sports Illustrated swimsuit. Yeah. Edition. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Playboy. It's not even porn. It's like, Those were the best. He's literally, he's literally got a cell phone in his pocket that could get you the worst porn you'd ever see in your entire yeah. life. And he thinks the big suit edition is going to motivate Miguel. And he says that too, because he's like, I got the Vanna White or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's like, you know, I can just find this on my phone, right? He's like, babes yeah. look better in print. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh. I forgot about that joke. That's such a good one. <laughs> So, oh man! So that whole thing starts, which is such a a delight, and and there's that moment too where, um, turns, yeah, where Miguel gives Johnny some harsh truths, like Miguel gives Johnny a quiet, you know? yeah, <laughs> which uh, yeah was shocking. Yeah, what what brought that about? I, I'm struggling to remember the beat. He wasn't standing up for Cobra Kai. He was let, letting he quit as a teacher on the right. on the dojo. And he's like, that's when they come to the real, realization that he needs to come on to a new name, a new dojo, because he gave up Cobra Kai. Yeah. And yeah, that that's what this meeting was called. <laughs> oh, yeah. I put I put the meeting on our calendar as the Eagle Fang <laughs> the karate <laughs> club meeting. <laughs> Quiet! <laughs> yeah, because I guess we, we see um, Miguel, like when he goes back to school this is when he finds out that basically like Cobra Kai has gotten like that he was a part of got like super dark. And as Dimitri says later, like it's become, they've all become assholes and like a recruited assholes and their, their, their sensei is the King asshole. And it's just like, so Miguel kind of starts to distance himself from that. And that's where, yeah, it leads to him talking to Johnny about that and, and them wanting to kind of form a new way of uh, like a splinter uh karate like a third karate was... dojo and johnny says that there. is it johnny that says uh you don't have to have a dojo to be a dojo yeah yeah <laughs> that's right he can't afford anything any of the places he looks at the rent he can't afford yeah and so i love that scene when he's like he's like so you're telling me that i can come here as much as i want and not gonna cost me anything yeah. yep how about over there can i be over there anywhere you want man he's like Bitching. The guy's like, I'm gonna go back with my kids now. Like he wasn't even yeah. a representative of anything because there's a dad there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's a public park. I gotta go see back to my yeah, family. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, awesome. So classic. Uh it, 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 it admits that we all of this too, like we 
I love the D Snyder, like the con they, yeah. they went to this D Snyder yeah, concert. And that's what ultimately like shows that he's gonna that for all of us we get to see like Miguel is gonna get his legs back because yeah. he's the music like gets him tapping his foot, which I have to say has been that has been another constant in this series where they really embrace that eighties music, yeah. you know, and uh, and and it, and it really is the sound, and then they when it's the modern kids like that, the music changes. The The soundtrack is really great um, for the show, for sure. Just as Johnny gave Miguel hope, Miguel comes back and gives Johnny hope. But that was yep. pretty touching. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. A student become teacher. Right. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Well, and so, so, so go ahead. And that arc ends with the creation of the, the Eagle Fang Karate Club, right? Like the Eagle <laughs> Fang Karate Dojo, where yeah. it's, this is now the third faction of this, turf war that's happening in in the valley uh that's obsessed with karate yeah and then there's the side <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so but as uh, you were saying like miguel and johnny kind of giving each other hope and kind of teaching each other somewhere in in all this where they're getting back you know in contact and tr johnny's trying to help him regain the use of his legs and in, in whatever kind of johnny way he can think of Ultimately, you know, being D. Snyder um, in, a, in a rock and roll show that gets him tapping his foot. Um, I thought that was going to be a strip club, by the way. Like when they're in line kind of teasing it, I thought it was going to be a strip yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but was, that was even better. But uh, so in that, like, they t take a selfie, which Johnny, uh, Miguel takes a selfie with Johnny and he's like, oh, I'll tag you. And Johnny's like, what's this now? And uh, Johnny, who like when he's trying to get some money for Miguel, like tried to take his laptop back to the pawn shop where he got it because he didn't realize, I guess he's like, this thing doesn't work anymore. And the guy's like, well, did you plug it You're in? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, plug it in. I thought it was wireless. Yeah. yeah that's where... <laughs> yeah. All this sort of Luddite uh... stuff with Johnny is so great. And, uh, and so there's this great thing where he's then, um, getting on Facebook and, uh, and, and fine. And then Allie, he finds Allie, messages Allie, and there's this back and forth with Allie. Um, and uh, Miguel's kind of helping him with that. I, I loved like Miguel explaining to him the etiquette of Facebook because he had that long. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You. Oh, he had a super long thing. He had a yeah. super long thing written, and like Miguel was like, he looked at it, and his first reaction was like, <laughs> like laughed, and he's like, you can't send this. <laughs> yeah. Because Allie's like, how how are you? Your your profile's kind of sparse, and like, what are you up to? And Johnny. Yeah typed a, yeah, a book he had a book written and he's like you're not going to send that right <laughs> like and so but that so this in this arc this is the comic relief of this arc is, yeah is miguel trying to help johnny like prepare the, this perfect message back to ali yeah um uh but the shirtless and, photos were right because really they needed photos too. Because oh, <laughs> yeah, you knew so that like, those were something that he used back in the day. To yeah, get jobs. like the yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, headshots. Yeah. When Miguel's so, like, uh, "You got pictures?" Like, "Oh yeah, I got pictures." The bride and I are both like, "He's going off to get physical prints." <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Then he comes back with yeah. with like Moto. I think just said it's it's basically it's obviously sort of modeling or actor headshots that that uh william zabka must have had from the 80s so he's got like his shirt off and he's like glistening <laughs> how about one with your shirt on yeah. <laughs> yeah. do you have any with your shirt on well yeah. not really 
just making fun of himself. And so I think that they decide that they need to take some new ones. And so Johnny's like, well, we'll we'll see the stuff that Allie's pictures, what stuff she's doing in her pictures, and we'll just do that. That's right. And just copies everything. I love the sushi. He orders like $80 in sushi and like doesn't even eat it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Spits it out and get the photo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. The photos so were good. fucking those were funny. Yeah. Yeah. All that, that whole montage is just so good. But again, so to like come back to what I was referencing way early, like three hours ago in this conversation. <laughs> uh, uh this shows like so it that's all like this harebrain, just like really campy. Johnny's just a dumb jock who never progressed past 1984 for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and, and that joke is kind of, I think they even acknowledge like that's kind of wearing thin. Like he, if that's all they ever keep the character, like it's not going to go anywhere. And every time it would start to feel like that, that's when they really show like he's no, he, he, this guy's a great actor and this is a character with depth because that, all of that was just for a reply to a message. And instead of writing a big book that's just like verbal diarrhea or doing what Miguel tells him, like just say sup or whatever, you know, he writes this heartfelt response that's just not Johnny. <laughs> like that doesn't illustrate anything that we just saw for the last 20 minutes this guy doing. It's genuine heartfelt and like, I thought I could change these kids, but it turns out they actually changed me. And like the, and, and he ends yeah. it with like, things are going pretty good, you know? And, and cause he really feels like his life is turning around. We'll ignore the fact that his son is rotting in jail. Still, <laughs> and, and not like, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, but, uh, it's this awesome monologue and a great, you know, development. And, uh, yeah, that, that just like really shows like, no, like this guy really has a, his head wrapped around this character very well and is just executing it flawlessly. Uh, and then he deletes all of it <laughs> and writes, hey, what's up? Like nothing much. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <funny. laughs> yeah. I think just like you with the letter U even or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, which I this leads to. I thought so. I love the stuff with Allie. All of that uh, was another. Ultimately, we find out that Allie is in. Not only did they get the rights to show images of Elizabeth Shue this time, uh, they also, she says, I'm in town. Uh, do you want to meet for lunch? Right after he just finally seals the deal with Miguel's mom. Like, yeah, which, uh, which was a big moment. Right. Yeah. Because she's like, you really did save my son. And she, you know, you really have helped him all these time. And you re really feel this again, this, he has this genuine connection with her and you're like, yeah, things are going his way. And then it, Ali instantly replies and is like, Hey, let's get lunch. And you're like, yeah. fuck, don't fuck this up, Johnny. Like, don't be a dick. Yeah. And, uh, but I love the whole Elizabeth Shue episode. It, it felt a little weird when all four of them were together. Yeah, uh, I agree. I don't know if that's because they were doing the awkwardness perfectly, or if I'm just like, what the hell is, are they doing? I don't know. It just felt weird. But the, uh, all of it was great. Uh, 
It was a lot of fun to have her back. And and then again, she's kind of like Kuma Codes, like the one with her, even though she's going through a divorce or whatever, the one with the head on her shoulders or giving good life advice and giving them direction. And you guys are yep. a lot more alike than you are different. Yeah. And not much has changed. And but yeah, I guess that was the 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 message that they kind of got was you're a lot more alike than different. By right. Those, but yeah, meeting up at the country club again, and this time Johnny's got the white jacket <laughs> yeah. on instead yeah. of yeah. Daniel and the spaghetti. Like that was that was really funny. And yeah, that whole there. reverse, like they so when they do get together, like Johnny and um and Allie, they basically do even with the song uh, from Karate Kid, they did the reverse of like the the montage. A lot of the, even the same activities and games at golf and stuff. Like they. Uh, they play the same song and it's just instead of it being Daniel, it's Johnny. And instead of Allie being like 20, she's whatever she is now. I looked it up. Elizabeth, she was like 56 when they shot that. Um, oh, man. Ralph Macchio, yes, 59. I, I didn't get to how old Billy Zapka is. But um, but anyway, so they, they did sort of feel like they were just behaving like kids. And then they like they really play that thing beat for beat right up to the moment where they almost kiss. And at this point, we as the audience yeah, don't want him to do that, I think, because we want things to work out with Carmen because they seem to handle that well, even though she in the morning, it's just like after they have slept together, she's like, I don't know how this works. You're my son's sensei and all this. But it's you get the sense that it's it's like a good thing and it's going to work out and they're being adults. And yeah. Johnny seems to like for all that they play him to be kind of a dim-witted, you know, like ill-informed guy, he seems to kind of be putting some things together and that let yep. the the Facebook message he doesn't send to Ali sort of helps um clarify maybe what he's thinking and um but yep. anyway so it's a really fun scene to see them together they almost kiss and then they decide though to keep I think she just gets a call and she has to go see her parents and then invites him along and it turns out to be the country club and there is another reverse just like Moda was saying like in the in Karate Kid when Daniel and goes to the country club to uh for to meet up with Allie. He he sees her and Johnny together dancing, which we realized she wasn't really wanting to happen and ultimately even punches him once Daniel has turned away. But then like yeah, Daniel sees that and is upset and he gets like spaghetti spilled on him and humiliated. And uh I think that episode ends with Johnny seeing Daniel and Allie just before talking at the country club so it's a surprise for for the, for us the audience but then they turn that on its head beautifully where Johnny when they they do start the next episode we get the backstory that that they they have just re well they just like you know Daniel's getting a drink turns around and is like holy shit my high school girlfriend and the moment Johnny sees is simply them just being like oh my gosh hi how are you after 30 years um yeah and uh, and then he almost gets something spilled on him, but he's like, "Whoa, hold on here! This is white. You think I want to be wearing that food?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were off. I and I really enjoyed that scene too. It, it, it I it was kind of odd. I I felt as as much as I responded unexpectedly, like w I don't know, well or whatever, to um to Kumiko's presence, Ali was awkward to me like it the whole thing like yeah. elizabeth she was just weird and um yeah and so i 
I just wanted to tell you this because you guys wouldn't necessarily know. So I was feeling that and we'll probably talk about it a little bit more, but I ended up hearing her on the what used to be the Nerdist podcast, the ID10T podcast, uh, which turned out to have been her per- first podcast ever. She's on to promote Cobra Kai. And I had, I don't know what I thought. And then I felt she was kind of awkward on the show, but she, I'm happy to port, is as charming and humble as down to earth as can be. I was truly floored yeah. by like how... How she just, I don't know what I expected. And I, and I think I thought she maybe didn't want to be in Karate Kid 2 and like distance herself from the whole thing. But um, th- they don't well, dish on that completely. She, I mean, she, she hit like uh, Best Supporting Actress nomination for Leaving Las Vegas. Like I yeah. feel like that was like the, the like highest point of her career. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and she, she talks about some of that too. And like kind of the, how her, it, it was, that, humbling journey i think uh, most people go through and, and maturing she's like there was a point where she, she talks about like when she first was starting acting she was really not like she didn't have a publicist she was just she was basically excited about things that made her brothers think it was cool and she's like when i got to do cocktail tom cruise like my brothers were psyched man <laughs> so mm-hmm. but she's like i got to a place though where i kind of ex- i expected too much and uh but yeah and it was so she doesn't completely dish about the karate kid why she wasn't in it but she did say that like she basically let on that maybe she would have liked to have been <laughs> and she got oh, yeah. back to the future too yeah wait a minute she was the girl from back to the Exa- future. yeah yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. nicely yeah. done yeah. Yeah. yeah but so she's i it was really nice to hear that interview and, and when i rewatched some of the series cobra kai last night having seen that it, it hit me a little differently but she, uh, so among the many other nice things she said, she said she loved the experience and that the guys, you know, Billy and, and Ralph are lovely human beings. And then she said, too, she got like really emotional saying goodbye to Daniel's character, like in real life. She was like, I didn't expect it, but it really hit me. And and when I watched it again, I was like, you can see that happen actually on camera. Um, anyway, so I, that was really nice. And I did love the com- comedy of that scene, like when Amanda's yeah. like, "What I walk into here?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get. I, to- sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, her character totally turned around for me this season. Yeah, I think that conversation with Crease like really helped sell her character for me. <laughs> that was huge. Uh, uh, what's funny is, is I did some re. Uh, you talk about research. I got on IMDb and looked her up, and then looked Sam up. Hmm just to see like their actual age difference and for her to be in real life, to actually be Sam's mother, she would have had her at 15. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's, that's how close in age they are. Isn't that crazy? No, like, I had no idea. Uh, yeah. Holy shit. Cause Sam, I think it's like, I think Sam was born in 1996. So she's like 24. Oh, um, okay. Wow. And, I, I wouldn't uh, even have thought that, but huh? <clears throat> yeah. So, that's uh, wild. And but, but yeah, we don't need to talk about it uh, too much. But the scene where basically uh, it, the karate tournament is going to be canceled, um, I do love that. Yeah, uh, where they're like something about you know not fostering a community community of violence <laughs> in all in the in the valley. <laughs> they're making fun of it, and and then Sam makes it a passion and plea, and I think Miguel to to keep it uh, happening. Miguel is who ultimately saves it because like yeah. Kreese is coming down and he's trying to use his, uh, service time and his, yeah, as that as, as a veteran influence and like 
totally being like the sweet, innocent old man. He's trying to portray himself yeah. as a Mr. Miyagi uh, to try to sway. Uh, and it is ultimately Miguel like comes and gives a big speech about what it means as a kid for yeah. this tournament and why it's so important. And that's awesome. Uh, all of that is is, is great. It, but this this helped plant that seed that maybe this is this season is not going to end with a giant like brawl. Uh, right right uh, oh yeah because i thought like they're either gonna initially i was like oh there's not gonna be a giant brawl it's just gonna be a tournament ending and then as this as the you realize where this is happening in the episodes and how many episodes you have left you're like oh shit they better get there quick and the next thing you know you only got like two episodes left and you're like this, this it's gonna be a cliffhanger there's not gonna be any fight at all and i and i feel like this scene this this thread of like maybe we're going to cancel the tournament oh we saved the tournament help plant that seed that because i feel like the culminating fight just comes out of nowhere literally yeah. just it goes from zero to 100 miles an hour and it and up to that point i was like we're going to get through this whole fucking episode and there's not going to be a big ass fight like every season has ended so far they look they all of this amazing setup that they did, and they're going to blow it in the foot at the last second. Like, we need a big fight. Like, we need it. And uh, they deliver. Yeah. But the, this, the, the threat of, like, possibly canceling the tournament is help plant that seed. Like, either we're not going to get a big fight, and it's just going to be a tournament, which ultimately leads to, like, there's going to be nothing. And right. they did a good job of, like, of, of toying with that expectation that they established with the first two seasons i felt like which well, was nice yeah and the i didn't even realize this till you're saying it but, but it's like it's the opposite of karate kid one with me what miyagi negotiates to basically prevent daniel from continuing to get his uh -huh. ass kicked which is like he just sees the poster and he's like all right why don't we just fight in the tournament and then you gotta leave him alone in the meantime and it uh gives him time to train and just gives him all that but it's the opposite with crease like crease I don't know what it was that happened, whether it was Amanda slugging him or whatever, but he, he says that line that he threatens Miyagi with in Karate Kid 1, where he's like, if you don't show, then it's open season on him, meaning Daniel and you, Mr. Miyagi. Because mm -hmm. Chris yeah. says that to somebody, and that's in, in the third season of the Cobra Kai here. And it is. That's the way Cobra Kai is behaving. It's just like all bets are off, constantly like attacking the Miyagi-Do, but the Miyagi-Do people are attacking them as well. and. But the reason I brought up the town hall thing is because that was my other favorite Amanda moment where she calls him a piece of shit and then gets thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, That's Netflix. Right. Thank you, Netflix. I, uh, yeah. She has yeah. a uh, restrict, uh, what do they call that? The order where you can't come around him. Oh, yeah. Restriction um, or restraining, restraining order. order. Yeah. Restraining order. order. That's it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess that seed of doubt and then the surprise fight is more of a surprise. And it's like, we're at your house, motherfucker. Yeah. And yeah, because door. there's no so yeah, it, it caught me so off guard. And because I was so committed to because we get to the last episode, they've sealed up uh Crease's backstory at that point. They have established that there's gonna be a tournament, and that's where shit's all gonna go down. And they get to that last episode and you're like, yeah, there's not going to be any big fucking fight. And you real realize all along that they've been building toward this moment where it's going to be the kids that are going to bring the two dojos together. That's going to bring Eagle Fang and, <laughs> and Miyagi-Do together. And that's Sam's plan and Sam and Miguel's plan, right? Like we're going to have our two dojos meet up, tell everybody we're having a kegger 
But really what we want everybody to do is to work on our respective senseis to convince them that we have to combine dojos, right? And that's, it gets to that point. And then all of a sudden you just, and uh, this is also too, where you know that they're embracing more of the Kung Fu philosophy versus like real world drama philosophy, because it's like, this happens in like the LaRusso's home. Yeah. (laughs) The front door gets kicked fucking in. And like Dave just said about how, you know, all bets are off with Cobra Kai. Like they don't care about laws or rules or any of that. Like these kids kick their way into this house and literally just start beating it would assume to the death. One would assume to the death. They threw that little kid through the window. Like that's how it starts. Like you hear a cat noise and and then they throw the smallest kid like through the kitchen window. Yeah. Well, (laughs) think think about Karate Kid too. There was some of that violence that was over the top. You had a spear in Miyagi's throat, Daniel's throat, and they were breaking into their their house there and trashing the place. And so, and that was kind of uncomfortable back then with Karate Kid too. And now Mm -hmm. they they brought some of that element in. And And I feel like thinking about it more that they're that kind of that chosen chosen's like just relentless pursuit of Daniel and that like that is like Tori's relentless pursuit of Sam and and like her her motivation I don't that was that didn't work for me too much Tori's like she's just like murderous like why is she murderous toward her? Well, <laughs> but again, like they they do a great job of making a character appear to be two dimensional. But there's a, yeah. like just saving that depth. I feel like we'll just I'm sure we just don't right, know yeah. the whole story yet. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think um, I felt like they were working on it and showing us her home life and all this, but it, that whatever the switch, it she's just like yeah, she's single minded about. Oh man, it would totally make sense. If she is the daughter from the girl from Karate Kid 3, because then she would be like, if Daniel, if Daniel would have married my mom, she wouldn't be poor and I could be rich. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, because he had no interest in her being a love, maybe they're going to make it like she did have a crush on Daniel's son, like back in three. That was the girl you know? that was from uh, Ohio, wasn't she? Kimber- or no, what was, I yeah. don't remember her name. Jessica? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the potter. Yeah. yeah, nice. And, uh, oh, that would totally that would be her motivation if she has this sick fantasy. Like if Daniel had not scorned her mother back then, she could be in Sam's position, and that's why well, that's she hates her so much. Yeah. Well, and of like course the there Joker. is the thing with um, Sam yeah, like having. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. There's the romantic love triangle thing, but. But, and and then of course this this intense like all out k- kung fu hustle kind of uh, fight that is at once like really heightened in terms of being just over the top in terms of like I was really stylized. It's both that, but it also is somehow terrifying and real. That's the weird like tonal thing where it's like I don't <laughs> I don't know what to think. And then they'll cut back to like the country club with the sort of comedy of of um ally being like wait so you like she recounts some yeah. of the beats of the early seasons and uh you're just, like it's hilarious to hear her lay it out like so you did this and then you did this and oh my god what now and amanda's <laughs> like and they're all kind of owning up to just like wow we were just kids back then and even amanda's like a little drunk she's like yeah my head was so far up my ass back then it was coming out my mouth i could see out my mouth and she's like 
that even makes sense. But <laughs> Allie kind of does this thing for Daniel and Johnny ultimately that it seems like um, Kumiko put in place for Daniel and Chosen, which where she kind of exposed or just like kind of making fun of them both. And, and I don't know, with her being the kind of buffer, they seem to see each other in a way they hadn't quite been able to, to the point where um, she, she, and it does, she, there's just like back and forth that is that the beats of it did feel that I, I thought it was a joke that they were just throwing cliches back and forth between um, like Elizabeth Shue and Johnny or whatever. But she was saying, I mean, she starts with the thing about the truth, like that it's not just, she's like, you, you know, you see your side and you see your side, but then there's the truth in the middle. And, but then it's just like, anyway it goes back and forth but they do seem that it does she does seem to get through to them and it, it is yeah. kind of fun and, and and charming um and i think when we last see daniel he's like merry merry christmas johnny and johnny's like merry christmas LaRusso, daniel and um you can tell that there's like something a little different and then wrap it up so beautifully with like johnny saying goodbye to to ally and he gives her that hug and he's like, I needed this. Oh shit. Why is that? It's really sweet. And, and Oh, but like when Johnny, there's a point in their date or whatever, where Johnny apologizes to her that is like, it just seemed like a diagram of an apology. I was like, I need to fucking make note of like how a grown ass man yep. apologizes. I mean, yep. Johnny does such great work in that, that storyline. And, and even though there's I, a little awkward, it was really pays off nicely. Well, and I think the, the most, the best part about that is again, how this show acknowledges that it's cliche by breaking away from them because you think Johnny's this big dumb asshole. He's going to try to kiss Elizabeth shoe because they've had this amazing day and she's gotten through to him. And there's the moment where you see he's gonna. And yeah. And like even not even from earlier where they were almost kissed earlier. It's outside the country club. Like, oh when yeah, this night is wrapping up. Yeah, and like he, uh, it's not that he's gonna make a move. It's like he's questioning: should we? Like you, that's all what I felt like. He's debating. His character's debating, and she has this beautiful moment where it's like this was just a great day, and it can just be a great day. And where they again, they don't force that. Well, now we need to be a love interest and create a love triangle between you and Carmen and have this big mess you know a little more real life (laughs) yeah like it's it's it i think adult is the best way to say it it's just a it's a very true grown-up way of handling that situation like we had our moment it was a long time ago it didn't happen this was a lot of fun to reminisce yeah but it would never work out you know what i mean like it would never it's never going to go beyond this it was just a really fun day to reminisce on that time that we had yeah satisfying yeah yeah yeah, both, it was both. a very, it was a very grown up way they handled it that yeah. did not go the way you thought it would. If it would have been cliche, yeah, she know? sort of helps them see that they've both been living in the past. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Instead yes. of realizing that, yeah, they're they're maybe similar and don't like the things about the other that maybe remind them of things they don't like about themselves. Um, yeah, she really lends them a perspective that nobody else probably could, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was it, really nice. It, it plants the seed for that. What the kids were trying to do by combining the two dojos, I, I think Elizabeth Shue already had that ball rolling. But you know, and it, and then the the major fight at the Larusso's house 
really is what seals the deal. Like it, yeah. it, it finally is like to Johnny and, and, and Daniel, like this is the only way that we're going to get rid of crease. Yeah. And, so and like, sorry. Like, was... do good. And uh, that last, that last fucking shot, man, it, it is, was so powerful for me. And so like the way it was, oversaturated so like all the whites were a little like <laughs> a little too white and like bled out a little bit a dreamy. Of, oh, yes thank you ethereal yeah. or dreamy and like uh and when he comes around the corner and just like stands there and there's enough space between them and they're in front of their kids and like uh it was very it was a great payoff that they had been building on since the first episode of the season it like yeah, it is intelligently put together for what it what it is. It's I, I feel it's at a much higher level than what the surface shows, you know, yeah. uh, of a television show. So, and the uh, of course they had the final fight with Crease too. Crease. Uh, oh yeah, that yeah. Me, yeah, I don't want to glaze over that. No, we're I gonna have the showdown, and you're not gonna be able to get away from me. And it's yeah, the the uh, father is basically is the best way of putting it. Um, which is different, yes. Instead of saying Daniel or Johnny, the fathers, yeah, um, that's right. Their yeah. children against Crease, and uh, you get to see Johnny fight Crease, which we really, I don't know, not really. We, yeah, we that? haven't. I don't think we quite saw it. Never, never to this extent. Because yeah, that occurred not to me full too. Out yeah, and like a long shot. There was a long one. That one really long shot there, mm -hmm. where they do that uh, creative shooting, but. And then Crease is going to, he's choking him just like he had him before yeah. in the parking lot. And, uh, and of course, it, just like every good Kung Fu movie is like, what about take a 45 and bang? And it, <laughs> it, it, he gets the weapon. He's like, no, drop the weapon. It's like, this is just karate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah such a great Daniel payoff. Right. Cause Daniel so, gets to fight Crease. Yeah. Cause we, so we, um, you know, we have that great moment where oh, that's sweet. we're on Robbie. a high. Yeah, Robbie's actually the one to interrupt. Yep, and that's where it's like, holy shit, this is Star Wars. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> yep, I thought that too, and and the, that's where like whatever the plotting they had to do to get to this point, like it all start pays like all of the threads converge, all of the history we're getting with Crease and how he kind of became who he became, and uh, and everything that happened with all of the different characters. Like we're and I was so dist I forgot all about the tournament. Because I was so invested in like the, everybody's romantic life, and so yeah. even everything happened with uh, with Allie and and that whole conversation, and and then uh, I like too how Amanda's clocking it. She's like, "So that's two hugs for Hallie." I see. And he's like, "I got some more <laughs> left. Let's go home and let's go home and get into some trouble." And then we were like, "Oh yeah, you know, at, at their house, it's been fucking Armageddon." And remember, they're they're going home to that. And then Johnny's like got clarity about you know what he wants and that's Carmen. And so he's even kind of, they're playing fucking journey. Like I come to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like they, they ponied up for that song and, and Johnny's like kind of walking with his, with his, you know, black top and, and slacks and white, um, you know, jacket and talking to himself about what he's going to say to Carmen. And he's like, I love you. And then he opens the door and her face is ashen and revealed to see Miguel. Like, in a bad way from the fight at the, the Russos. Like, yeah. And Johnny's like, what happened? And then he fucking goes to confront crease 
and Robbie's there and Robbie now is fully indoctrinated to crease to the point where like it does it feels like that scene in Return of the Jedi where you got father and son before the emperor and crease is like the emperor and Robbie's yeah. the only one wearing a white gi and and Johnny just so happens to have taken off his white coat and is wearing all black and I even got like excited because you know Johnny's like Ki-Ai <laughs> is, is that, that <laughs> is, is this kind yeah. of like it's a distinctive sound and to hear him using that just going off on crease um was exciting and then and then yeah like Robbie's trying to because at some point crease or Johnny picks up the sigh and and you think he's gonna maybe stab crease or do something really rash and 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 Robbie's like you know no 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 that's not the way and and then Johnny has to try to not fight Robbie. It's wild. And then all throughout this, they're intercutting with basically the turning point for Crease in Vietnam, where he makes the choice really to kind of like whether he's going to go to the dark side. <laughs> um, yeah. That was one thing we didn't talk too much, but he, you know, you see that, I mean, w- when we first meet Crease in the diner, like turns out he already knows how to fight pretty well, but we see in Vietnam how he's kind of, taught a particular kind of martial arts and really the Tung Su Do. I remember Tung Su Do. I have to look into that. And, you know, I was just thinking, you know, because they they end up fighting to the death there in the snake pit where they show where the cobras come from with the snakes, uh, which was also, what, the Vikings or something? Um, Anyways, Johnny decides not to do that when they have the the opportunity. So he's going a different way, but at the same time, Kreese was taking on his sergeant in the army, or Green Beret Army, yeah, um, where he turned his back on him and said, you know, he needs to the death or whatever to the snake pit with the sergeant who turned his back on him. So yeah, the the parallels between that storyline with Johnny and Crease and Crease and his sergeant. Yeah, yeah, and they're literally intercutting those in in the fight. Like this is what kind of what's going on in Crease's mind and all this, and and when that like plays itself out, or like how does that? Oh. Robbie ends up like Johnny's like not fighting him. Um, but nonetheless, and trying to get out of the way or something like that, Robbie runs into a locker and, and is hurt. And, and then, uh, but yeah, then suddenly Daniel shows up and that I'll, I'll admit too, like Rob Macho doesn't always, it does something not always great about Daniel as an adult character. I think this season yeah. better than a lot of times with some of those grounded Japan sequences and stuff. But that moment where he's like, you sent them to my house, it worked for me. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, and then he, he and then, then, then the whole thing comes back too with Kreese being like, you know, that defense only shit's not going to work in, in this situation, motherfucker. <laughs> and he's like, good thing that's not, you know, <laughs> and we know like that Chosen has shown him some of these other uh, more the offensive technique that yeah. he didn't know, like the new crane yep. technique or the dumb or the the drum roll technique or yeah. And this thing though, that, that, that could kind of, yeah. And so that was exciting. Then you see Daniel fight crease. It's uh it yep. was a hell of a scene really that, that all coming together like that. Um, <laughs> well, and, and it's amazing that they fought, they crammed in both of those epic fights in the same episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, it, they really paid off on that, like the big fight also spread into the adults now having a big fight and <laughs> and crease realizes after that fight that that 
holy shit, instead of splitting them apart, I actually drove them together, and I am no match against both of them together. Gonna need some which help. Leads to, which leads to his phone call that... An old uh, war buddy. That he makes, yep. He's yeah. an old war buddy. Like, uh, it, it is exciting. And I like that they did not get to the tournament. So season four is going to like call, like either start with or lead to that tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah. Training. Uh, it, it, lots of training. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's unexpected too, because like that, that the, the stakes for that scene where they're all fighting crease are so high. And then like crease goes through a window and I think he's got, he's got the glass held on Daniel. Is that right? Yeah. He's ready yeah. To, yeah, to cut, Daniel. To cut Daniel. And, and then Daniel's, you know, I don't think he's got all his uh, his full mind there, and I think he might do something rash, and then he snapped out of it by his daughter showing up and calling it out to him and kind of, you know, they don't, it doesn't get quite as dark as you think it might, or like it did with, you know, the kids earlier with the break into the arm. And um, and then, then there is, we kind of touched on it, but there is, in the big fight, Hawk comes around and, and, def- and kind of comes back to defend D- Dimitri and stuff, which is nice to see to wrap that up but um so then it's kind of interesting after all of this like almost life or death stuff crease is like huh let's settle this the old-fashioned way turn it yeah, turn- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny that he's the one to suggest that and then uh yeah we know that's what it's leading to and then where does the music start i just watched it last night but oh it, it's with him so this is the last bit of the vietnam piece that um that kind of so we see where crease is sort of made into crease in vietnam essentially and even the love interest that he saved in the um in the diner you know had died at some point while he was over there and they kept him from that um this particular hard-ass sergeant or whatever kept it from him coming into this important mission because he didn't want him to be distracted and potentially risk people's lives and ultimately crease like they got captured in Vietnam because Kreese was didn't want to accidentally or didn't want there to be collateral damage of like one of his comrades essentially and we're shown these two friends of his and we're shown them in a picture and one of them looks exactly like Terry Silver from Karate Kid 3 like he's got the ponytail the big grin he even does like a laugh that's similar I felt and yeah. and then there's this other guy that you don't really even pay much attention to but at a certain point early in the season, the one you think is Terry Silver, the one I think thought was Terry Silver, gets shot in the head at gunpoint when they get taken yep. into captivity. And this is when they do the same thing. So the payoff at the end is essentially that the other friend of his was afraid to do... It's kind of like in Deer Hunter where they're doing the Russian roulette thing. The the Would it be the Viet Cong? Is that right? That kind of the... Yep. Are, yep. are basically for their own amusement making the american their american captives like do horrendous thing for their entertainment so in in deer hunter it was russian roulette in cobra kai it's basically they're taking them out to fight each other over the, what we learn is the pit of snakes and so this one like other friend of crease's is terrified and and so crease decides to go out in his stead and so and so i'm watching that whole time because i knew from karate kid 3 that he's like Terry Silver is like, you saved my life in Vietnam. And so this turns this meat guy who didn't necessarily look like Terry Silver turns out, they don't tell us, but if you're familiar, you you put it together and be like, ah, 
So when Crease, yeah. like after the fight, um, you know, they've kind of done that misleading thing. So by that point, I put it together. It's like, ah, that's Terry Silver, the other guy yeah. in the photo. Um, and he's and like, it he shows t- like he's mani- he's going to manipulate Terry Silver into being. Like, yes, he calls him the same way through his like, yeah, yeah like through his. Uh, well, I saved you. Yeah. So remember, remember all those good things I did for you. You know, like it. He's his first like victim of being yeah. creeped. You know. Yeah. Well, except for Terry Silver, you know, was meek and uh, whatever in Vietnam, but he he's a son of a bitch. If the people, if you know Karate Kid three, because when. After the fallout of the 1984 tournament or, or five, where Crease is disgraced, like, you know, ter- well, we'll get into it next year or whatever. But like, watch Karate Kid 3, basically, of course, and to, for that backstory. But, and you know who he's reaching out to is like, maybe worse than Crease himself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's literally to illustrate that this is a cycle. Like, he looks for like the weak kids and then, like, and then, builds them up oh shit so they like put him on a pedestal yeah, he basically created terry silver as well but way back then yeah yeah never died i think they probably started it together um cobra kai like way well he probably so. said like you know you taught me all this stuff and you did all these things i think you could really do that for kids and like i could see all of this oh. happening you know like like and Crease like no 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 I wouldn't want to take your money like but he totally does want to take his money yeah. and like, <laughs> you know and yeah. like he Crease and doing that with Tony Silver and like uh, 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 or is it Tony or Terry 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 Silver. and it's Terry. Silver with Terry. an er but he the way he pronounces it sounds like Silva, Silva. yeah I looked yeah, it up because yeah, yeah. I never knew which to say but thanks uh, he's got that Steven Silva. Seagal ponytail but I think but and you can see how like that's what Johnny did with. Miguel, right? And then and then that's what Johnny and Crease did with all of the other kids. It's like they find like they they find those weak ones so that way when they give them these powers and these tools, they have them up on a pedestal like they're yeah. and it's a cycle, it's a repeating cycle over and over and over again. In a way, that's what Crease's commanding <laughs> officer did to him, right? And yeah. so he's just going to continue that cycle down. It's this cycle of abuse down and yeah. power and and we're uh, seeing now the only thing to break that cycle is compassion. Like we saw it with Chosen yep. and we saw it now a little bit between Johnny and, and Daniel. And yeah, when Crease is on the phone and you know he's calling uh, Terry Silva, <laughs> they start, you hear the strains, the familiar strains of what t- turns out to be In the Air Tonight, like a cover of In the Air Tonight, which is so yeah, badass. Right. right. As the, like all of the, everybody who's not essentially the new, like super evil Cobra Kai students are all convening in the Mr. Miyagi's old house in the backyard, like all kind of building and the music is building. And right when the fucking drums kick in, Johnny stands next, comes around the corner, just like you mentioned, and stands next to Daniel and they bow to each other. Oh, it's so good. It's so so good. It, it, and like, and I, I, honestly, Christus doesn't know it yet, but he sealed his fate by by forcing them together. So uh, I'm sure it will get worse for them before it gets better. But ultimately, yeah. like it's I hope set so. Up <laughs> like uh, the only the, tragedy is we have to wait another year at least. <laughs> at least, at least, right? Like I, I, I could see this easily going like five, maybe six seasons. Uh, I feel like if it went any deeper than that, it would take either made they would have to drastically change their format 
or it's just like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah exactly. Star Wars. Well, so exactly. Star Wars went to nine, right? Yep. Yeah, and yep. now beyond, so. of course. But I'm I'm they I'm might heartened. Try to do that. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know. I'm heartened with what you said, like Moto earlier about having. It's like, however, we have to truncate it. We do know where we want it to end up. I think that is yeah. encouraging. And it's in their contract clause. Whatever. Oh, clause they, they, they get to do it. They get to wrap up that yeah, way. Right? That's they get great. To wrap up their way. It's, it's, yeah, that was that's smart. Awesome. And man, they just took the, you know, Karate Kid was a trilogy. And, uh, you know, a great, I don't know if you compare it to Back to the Future or what trilogy to compare it to, but it stood pretty well. And then these guys come and do this. It's like, thank you. This was so fun. You know, laugh, cry, or just, you know, the fighting. Uh, it was just yep. satisfied a lot of needs, nostalgia, and building upon. It was great visuals, great music. You, you like, wasted no time. You were, like, January 2nd. You're like, episode four <laughs> in the field. Like, you wasted no time. I'm like, oh, oh that- this I couldn't get to it the day before. We actually had some time. They gave us like four days off. I mean, we were getting one day off a week. Yeah. These long ass days. And then we got like four days off. And it was part of that stretch. And I was like, well, if I'm going to watch this, it's be right now. And actually, I'm surprised I didn't get it the day one, you know, on yeah, the first. Yeah. It, but, it was just so funny. You're just like out of nowhere. Episode four <laughs> hit me the video. I was like, shit, I got to start the show. Oh, see, now oh. knowing what episode four is. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, that was it, man. I was like, oh my gosh, it's hitting me in the feels. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> it, 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 again, it does. it is a great show, especially if you're a huge fan of Karate Kid, that if you have not experienced it, coming to Netflix, I think, is the greatest thing that could have happened to the show. It was mm-hmm. dying on YouTube. Um, and I think they knew that. I think, I think all parties knew that. Uh, and kudos to Netflix for realizing, like, there's something there. Let's let's bring that over. Um, um, thanks for having me on again, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Oh, oh yeah, it's Jesus. good. You, you don't have to thank. I say it every time, but you don't have to thank us. You're part of the cast, man. You come on anytime you want. Uh, yeah. And you're the Cobra, but, the Cobra Kai super fan. I think even <laughs> at least in terms yeah. of like you're you're on it before us all, and uh, your enthusiasm really. <laughs> I think because I I'm sure I would watch it, but I it does sometimes take that enthusiasm of someone else um i was certainly interested in cobra kai 3 but when the first couple episodes or whatever were not necessarily grabbing me you know it was great to hear you yeah 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 yeah. it's fun to have something Uh, to geek out on i think you nailed it on the head it's just a matter of investment as we get older it's like what do i want to invest my time in Mm -hmm. and that's when we're really depending on our peers to like say oh this is fucking awesome or no don't bother with you know, yeah, people so. that know your taste and stuff. And I'm getting the Mandalorian next. That's the next one I'm going to binge. Oh, awesome. I awesome. get two days off after this. I might get to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, avoid the last episode of Long Walk Short Drink until you watch <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> oh, I listened. <laughs> oh, I no. Listened, Did I, you stop I, I at just, a certain I point? I got a vibe of what kind of is going to happen, but I don't know exactly. So, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, no. This thanks so much, both of you. This has been a great conversation. Likewise, you both same here. Deepen my appreciation of the show already, and uh, and I uh, appreciate that, and I and I appreciate you and this time to geek out together on this stuff. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the conversation and time together. 
All right. Well, I'm going to get off here, you guys. Maybe make a pinball deal. Other than that. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. You guys have some fun and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. Yep. All right. Take care. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Bye, guys. And there it is. Long Walk Short Drink, episode 88. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Moto for our rock and theme music. Thank you to Palmer for being Palmer. Thank you for subscribing on your podcast platform of choice and for telling anyone you think might enjoy our show about it. Head over to LWSD Pod if that interests you or LWSD Pod on Twitter, LWSDPod at gmail.com for encouragement. Send it to the internet. <laughs> All right, until next time. Cheers, long walkers. <laughs>